found him. that time again it's, it's tuesday uh, it's tuesday um <laughs> wednesday or thursday or friday it's, yeah for for us it's tuesday but uh for you who knows what fucking day it is it could be 10 years from now when you're listening back to this wonderful i was thinking about things online like that because i do a lot of research for my cakes for like fillings and stuff you can use or not and i was reading an article from like 2010 the other day and i was like we're still going to have our footprint on the internet. Yeah, yeah, potentially. I mean, as long as we, uh, as long as we uh, continue to host the site, <laughs> we can always stop paying for stuff and it'll disappear into the oblivion unless someone ether. screenshots it and puts it on something like Facebook. And Screenshot is not going to help you listen to the podcast. Well, no, but to see posts and stuff from the site. Our content. Yeah, our content. Yeah, our stuff may not host, be hosted forever. When I die, it'll go away. So. I don't know if that cake site is still hosted. It's an old, like, forum. I don't know. This, by the way, this is the New Utah podcast, in case you stumbled upon it magically <laughs> somehow, because I don't know how the fuck you get to a podcast without knowing what podcast you get to. Is there Maybe like a the podcast shuffle on Spotify yet? In the or future, Pandora, they just played it random. Pandora. Oh, maybe. Uh, that's a risky, like, proposition, though, playing a random podcast. Like, at least a random song, like, the max, the max you're out on a random song is, like, maybe five or six minutes. I mean, Alice's Restaurant's 27 minutes long, but that's a good song, and you'll listen the whole 27 minutes. <laughs> and that's an anomaly. Uh, yeah, but most songs under the six-minute mark, so your your commitment is pretty low, and it's pretty quick to just switch it. I think a podcast, to, to give it a real shot, you probably have to give it at least 10 minutes. <laughs> Unless it's up, if you only give our show 10 minutes, you're not even going to know what's going on. Yeah, you don't even know what it's about, honestly, because we don't even talk about Utah for the first 20 minutes. <laughs> sometimes. Um, but I'm one of your hosts, Chris. Uh, then the sometimes voice is, is Jess. Um, we're going in reverse order today, which means Jeremy's next. I'm still in the middle. You're still in the yeah, middle. Yeah, he's still in the middle because you're opposite <laughs> me. And then uh, and then Bree as well, my lovely wife. Hola. She's, she's Mexican, so... Um, <laughs> Irish Mexican, <laughs> Irish Spanish, Native American. <laughs> I'm Irish. Irish Mexican is probably the best because that encompasses uh, Native American and Spanish as well. You should tilt that mic down, or we're talking to it better. You choose. What I, I haven't moved it from last time. It doesn't. You don't have to move the mic to move your face and your body. <laughs> I'm not gonna move my face. Well, you did from last time, is what I'm saying. The mic My face in is in the position. same place it always is. I don't know about that. From a week ago, your face was not in that exact spot one week ago. Pretty There's sure no way. Pretty sure it is. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, speaking of ancestry, uh, thanks, Peter, for the message. Peter, our friend from the Sod Show uh, out in the, the Wales region of Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> Peter's an Irish friend. Um, he's one of our Irish listeners. Uh, and uh, apparently he does not believe he's my cousin. He doesn't want to claim you. He claimed me. Yeah, I don't. Well, that's probably all right then, because at least then I'm not, you know, having sex with a close relative if you are his cousin. 
That's true. Um, but that came about because... It doesn't matter. We're not having kids. I discovered this week that uh, what I thought was absolutely true, and I am pretty much 100% white. Um, <laughs> He's pretty much a piece of paper. I don't know if it's worth bragging about, um, and I don't know that I'm bragging about it. So I asked, you know, forever ago... I, I don't know anything about my dad's family first off. So there's like half of my, my line of heritage. I know zero shit about don't know where they fucking come from. I know my dad has brothers and sisters. I don't know who they are. Never met most of them or the ones that I did. I was like four. So I don't remember any of them. Don't remember his parents. Uh, my mom's side of the family, uh, all of my grandparents, well, my all my great grandparents, but one were dead when I was born. Um, so they all died pretty young. Uh, I knew my great grandma. Uh, beyond that, I've always had tales of, oh, well, your great great grandma was full blooded Cherokee, and we, we come from Germany, and blah, blah, blah. And I don't believe any of it, so I wanted to find out. Uh, so Brie got me a, uh, a DNA testing kit for Christmas and um, I got her one a couple of years ago because of her uh, test tubiness. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. Test tubiness. Test tubiness. That's a new word, by the way. Not that Hashtag tubiness. Hashtag Is that with an I or a Y? It doesn't matter. Look, it's probably already been If created. you're going to put it in the show notes, you better know how to spell it. Oh, I'm, I'm spelling it with an I because tubi is... T-U-B-I, for sure, it has to be. Because we're not going sure. tubing. <laughs> uh, Although tubing is spelled with an I. Maybe it's T-O-O. Maybe it's T-O-O. Oh. Maybe it's T-O-O. oh. Yeah, Instead of so. t Whatever. It anyway. Um, the, the semantics of how you spell a native word. Um, so anyway, so I uh, was curious. Um, so my ancestry, first off, on the health side, I'm fucked. But I kind of already knew that because I know my grandfather's parents or my grandfather's brothers and sisters. And I kind of already had some ideas. I was predisposed to some uh, genetic conditions and I was probably just fucked. Um the testing confirmed that. Like I told, I told Bree when I got the results this weekend. I said, "Well, uh, when we get to that age, just let just let things happen. Look on the bright side. It's the prime of your life right now." Yeah, <laughs> you've peaked. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, if this is peaking, I'm sorry, listeners. Uh, it's all downhill from here. Um, Anyway, so ancestry composition, though, uh, which I think is is uh, the more important thing for me, at least, because I kind of already knew it was fucked elsewise. Uh, I was always curious, so it turns out I'm mostly European. What uh, a shock, you blonde-haired, blue-eyed fool. 98.7% European, most of which hails from either British or Ireland. British uh, and, or Ireland? Yeah, British or Irish, so UK or Ireland, <laughs> um, like 68.2%. Um, they can't, the, the DNA test doesn't really distinguish between the two. Um, I would guess I'm actually probably English. I don't have enough red hair. Although my beard turning red and it's pretty. I was born with red hair. That's why I'm claiming Irish. I'm Plus they have a better accent. Predisposed to like sun bleaching, like sun turning my stuff red, basically. Uh, is what sun it, turns my stuff red. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> sun turns most people's stuff red. Uh, I have some French. I, I like that it says French Neck. and German, uh, like 12.5%, but uh, most of that's actually probably from the Netherlands, because I do know that I am from the Netherlands as well. 
Uh, broadly, Northwestern European. <laughs> it's another big chunk of that, which basically means uh, all the other places put together they can't really identify, including England and Ireland and French and German and, you know, all those places. So, Belgium. Belgium, Norway, Denmark, Scandinavia. The, what are people from Belgium called? Belgians? Belgians, yeah. Oh, yeah. Waffle makers. <laughs> I couldn't think of the word. It didn't sound Officially, good. that's like... They're, they're frit eaters. Frit eaters. Mm. They call them frites. Belgian frites. Twice. Twice. Frites. Fries. Frites. Uh, anyway, so that's me. Uh, I am European. Um, and so I got the... So I did the, the DNA stuff. I sent it in, and I'm like, fuck, I don't want to wait. It was really fast, but it was like two weeks because I sent it in like the day after Christmas I mailed it okay babe it's like not it's like four weeks since Christmas uh, I don't think so one two we're in the third week okay so third week so, so two, weeks two and a half weeks to get the results that's quick that's really damn quick to mail it in and get the results back is pretty quick uh, anyway um, in that waiting time taking all the surveys because you can do lots of different cool surveys and I decided to start uh, seeing what I can figure out on my family tree. I was like, yeah, I'm curious where this name comes from in my family. And I go to ancestry.com is one of the links that it takes me to. And they've changed a lot of their site now. So they start letting you build a family tree for free up and you can look at like, like up to 10, what they call their hints. So a lot of it's like old birth registries and marriage registries and shit like that uh, for free. And then you can do a free trial for seven days and then, you know, sign up on one of their plans. And I'm like, I wonder how far I can get. So it's not even been seven days and I'm out like six generations. Wow. Um, they, they still haven't come to America. Yeah, though. I have one line that I've been able to trace to uh, an immigrant, and that's the Dutch line. So that's the, the Brink line of my family that uh, uh, I can trace back to the guy getting to America from Amsterdam. Uh, and there's like no records beyond that. <laughs> and that's that's what I hear is a lot of the, the walls that you hit is as you get to like immigration, like records kind of stop. So like the, the my last name, Birch, uh, I get to a guy and there's nothing, nothing about his birth. Like all the stuff suggests he's like the great, great grandfather or something, but there's nothing past that. So I don't know if he changed his name or if he immigrated or. Now that you have those names, maybe you should log into family tree and see if there's stuff on there. Uh, I did find that site uh, to verify a few things. So I haven't actually gone into that site deeply, but it's, anyway. it's sometimes hard to navigate, but yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome once everything starts like coming together. And it's interesting because so many people have done so much genealogy already. Like if you start going, you get a couple, you know, if you can get a couple generations in, a lot of times most of the work's already been done for you, the hard work. I think my dad's family goes back to the 900s. That's crazy. Yeah on, yeah, his, on his dad's side. So I do know I have a Confederate that died in the Civil War uh, in my family. Line. Serves him right. <laughs> Brie feels strongly about this. Well, considering, like, it's pretty much going to stop for me because my great-great-grandfather was actually born across the border. My grandma was, like, barely across the United States border. To be I'm fair, pretty sure it's not going yeah, <laughs> to no, lose it right there at the, my great-great-grandparents. So. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, we started doing some of Bree's. See, that's the other thing is with, with Ancestry, I can go do hers and mine at the same time. 
Uh, anyway, it's enough about Ancestry, Peter. I don't know if I'm related to you. I could be. Um, uh, I'll check some of those made-up names that you sent me. <laughs> see if like see Donigan. If they, yeah. See if, no, he did not say Donigan. He said like Clan O'Rourke or something. Oh, those. <laughs> Clan O'Hen the O'Henry clan. Um, I'm not sure. Is that like the O'Henry bar? I think that's so. Why, that's why I said it. I don't, I don't know. I'll um, write down all of them for you. But uh, what? Oh, we must put that that note in there for Bruce Harrowing test. I was looking at other updates, but I want to hear from Jess first on her weekend update because I looked at your Instagram. I did take a shit this weekend, so I saw your Instagrams, um, and you did a lot of stuff. I guess. What do you mean you yeah. guess? You went to the ice castles and you went, I went uh, tubing. Tubing. Ah, tubing. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Tubing. It's got an I in it. It's not. It's not a Y. It could be. Not we could make it that way. No tubiness. But you weren't. Right. You weren't tubiness. You were just tubing. Well, I mean, it might have been it tubiness. Was, it was tubiness for sure. See, it's a different kind of tubiness, but it's still we tubiness. We took out a family. We took out the fence. Jesus, what the Pretty fuck awesome. were you doing? <laughs> I thought these are like it's, groomed inner tube. They courses. are groomed. They are groomed. So how'd you almost kill someone? She gets with their friends. It's the same people that they almost died snowmobiling with, right? And in the water that I almost drowned. Um, <laughs> I just get crazy. Um, so you get, a, you get a two hour window and it's $25. And um, like you think it was going to be cold up there. We were like sweating so much by the time we were done with like our second and third runs. <laughs> and you have to walk up the hill or do they have No, like so they, they used toe. to have something that you'd like sit down on and it would take you up on your tube, but now it's like an, it's like those escalators in the airport that you just stand on and it takes you up the hill. You can walk. There's like a... So it's like um, a sky bridge. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, anyways, and then there's like four different like really huge groomed ones because people like to tie themselves together and go down in huge groups. I think the biggest group we saw was like 10 tubes. Um, and then, and they didn't even hit the fence. <laughs> and oh, there was only four of us. It was my, my friend and her husband and, and uh, his daughter. And so, and then there's two like single ones. So it's a little scary like the first time because you don't know like how fast you're going to go. Like if you're, I turned, I completely turned around backwards like the first time on my own. And you're just like, I hope I can stop. <laughs> I went tubing down the ramps that they have at the Olympic Park. I went down the short ramp. And I heard, I'm like, that's scary. I'm like, that's it's fucking, I'm like, I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Bree's like, it's I want to go up on the bigger one. I'm like, fucking go for it. I'm going to sit here while you do that. It's super fun. So they have at the end like signs that are like put your feet down and it's kind of groomed at the bottom and there's mats that you like yeah, slide onto. Yeah. But our last one, like there was no way that we were stopping because two of us, our legs are way too short to even hit the ground. And we were going so fast. And I just remember hearing the employee going, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> yeah. We knocked the whole some, fence down. He was awesome. fucking two year olds like smashed underneath five people. Uh, that was another time we hit it. We <laughs> ran into a family and we saw the kid my friend like grabbed him and like it was magic i don't I even know how a christmas happened. vacation where where he goes sledding where he polishes the sled yeah yeah it was <laughs> and, the, the and the later in the day it got like the more slippery it got because it was getting colder so so how are the ice castles is what i really want to know uh, they're beautiful they're so <laughs> the, i think the very first time i went was their first year if I remember correctly. And it used to be in a park in the middle of Midway. And then I guess it moved over to Soldier Hollow at one time. I didn't know that because I haven't been back in years. 
And this time it was, they put, they set it up at the homestead. So it's on the property of the homestead. It was really nice because it, you know, it's like fight for parking in the city or on the streets and neighborhoods. And, um, it's, it was really cool. It was like 14 degrees <laughs> and it was well, that's beautiful. Good for the ice, though. It was, but it was so cool. And like, there's like so many little like tunnels. They had like fire, um, spinners. Can you get lost inside the ice castles? Uh, you probably could. Yeah. Like my phone was dying and I was like, I got, I can't keep, I can't lose my friends because I got separated from them at one time. You want to go so. see the ice castles? No. If you're going, <laughs> go now, though, because if there happens to get a warm spell, like, they'll be toast. But we're already good. We're, like, two weeks into it already. We'll be last year. <laughs> we be, yeah. Oh, wait. It might only be a week. By the uh, by the end of this week, it'll be two It weeks. is supposed to snow this week. Yeah, and it's, it's pretty tomorrow, cold. Like, when, when I was leaving, it was so foggy up there. It was a little, it was a little creepy, but... Yeah. Well, at least it wasn't smoggy like it is here. No, actually. So when I got to 8th North, the freeways completely stopped because of the officer's funeral. And 8th North is where I had to get off. So it was perfect. And as you got up to the mouth of Provo Canyon, like you could just, there was like a little like entryway to like blue sky. And then it was just completely blue. Yeah. We went up to Ogden this weekend and had the same experience. We could see the sky off in the distance. Yeah, it was cool. Did you do anything fun this weekend, Jeremy? Well, so, so yesterday, I want to talk about that. So I finally got to go see Dash at, at Title Boxing. He made fun of you. He made fun of me the whole time. That's because you kept well, stopping and... <gasps> quote unquote holding the bag <laughs> Jonathan who's never had to have his bag held well before. I just wanted to be helpful uh-huh. it was a lot of fun yeah. though and I was thinking that, that he should make like how he just like slides right over I just want to be helpful keep going <laughs> <laughs> he did make fun of me pretty much the whole time but he, he should do t-shirts that he should sell there and, and it should say dash kicked my trash you should tell him title that. boxing you should totally tell him that he would make them <laughs> he would he would totally make them it was it was a lot of fun though it was it was hard but it was a lot of fun it was good and the music was good and the michael jackson music was awesome and there were some prints in there too i like it when he starts singing he sang and danced and made fun of me and sang and danced some more and made fun of me some more and it was awesome i mean i miss katie who used to do the class she'll be back soon but uh you know she popped a baby out so she gets time off i think she's gonna be back in like a week a week or two two weeks they said but dash has been teaching the class in the meantime and he doesn't really teach a lot of classes anymore. He does mostly the personal training he stuff. He teaches so. a lot right now, actually, compared to what he used to teach. I was looking at the schedule, and he's got at least a class a day, it looks like. Mm-hmm. So, But it's a lot of fun. It is fun. It's definitely fun. Um, if Again, if it wasn't so far away, I'd probably go more, but it's a, it's a dozen commitment. I, we definitely got to find a better way to get there, because it was like windy, windy through neighborhoods and all kinds of... Did you Google map it? Well, we just use the GPS in the car. Okay. Um, anyway. 114th, all the way across. Go up by the library, all the way across. Super easy. Yeah, I'd take 215. We just take 215. Because it's much easier for us. Not usually because it's right after work, and so traffic's really pretty bad. So, yeah. But yeah, so Dash kicked my trash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write that down for you, Jeremy. But, you need uh, to text him that right now? Yes, that would be awesome. Okay. But he did give us a shout out, yep. uh, which was nice. So hopefully uh, we picked up another listener. <laughs> maybe one. We'll see. 
Anyway, it was it fun. It was kind of it full. It was fun. I know. It was really, really full last night. Full. So like, oh, was that full? Last week. Oh, that's good Last week know. there were like 10 people there. Last week we like did laps and like ran up and down between the bags because there were so few people there we could do that kind of stuff. But last night there was a lot of people there. It was pretty full. And my um, kids went and Maya did pretty good. Oh, and by the way, Maya got accepted to the U. I yeah, well, second to the title boxing, my daughter got accepted. Got accepted to the U. Yeah, well, you know, priorities. Anyway, she's really excited. She just found out yesterday she got her acceptance That was a letter. cute picture so that she's, posted. She's excited. Nice, nice. And Brie? Um, you put notes on here, so. I did. I, I wanted to talk about my harrowing test, so I had to do one of the classes for my insurance certification online because it's only available in St. George and I don't want to have to travel down there just to, to do a day class. Um, and so I took yesterday off and studied the whole day and I literally studied from 7.30 to 5.30 with maybe like an hour and 15 minute break where I went and picked up my car from the, the shop. But um, I went in to take my test this morning and you have to have it proctored. And so I'd arranged with somebody um, in my organization to proctor it for me because it can't be anybody that like directly works with you or supervises you or anything like that. And so she came into work early. She's only a part-time person and she usually doesn't come until like 9.30. So she came in at like 7.15 this morning. Had us all planned out. I go to log in and the courses aren't there. <laughs> like it, none of my future courses are listed, only my past ones that I've taken. So I have to call the, the place. They give me a back way into the system and to say they're going to put in a ticket that it sounds like it, that they might be having a problem with their website. Okay. So I get, so I have an hour to take this test. I get 33 minutes and 10 seconds into it. I hit next for the next question and it just sits there for five minutes and you only get one chance to take this test. So if you go out of it, it takes away that, that that chance so I get on the phone I call them while I'm on the phone calling them I'm like oh there's a chat feature because I had to look it up on their website and so I start chatting with this girl and she's like well normally we say just wait for it to come back online I'm like okay by now since I've been waiting for you to come on to chat it's been almost 10 minutes waiting for this question to reboot itself and then she gives me an email. I'm like, seriously, an email and telling me to wait is the best you can do during a timed <laughs> test that I've got a proctor here sitting here watching me take. So I get done with that. I do send an email, which they never responded to. Uh, finally, after 20 minutes, some I get on the phone with somebody and they transfer me to somebody else. And then that person says, I'll, I'll give you, she's like, yes, we're having problems with our website. I'll give you an extra try. So she's like, log, you know, get out and go back in and I'll, I'll give you permission to get back in. So I do that and it brings it up and all of the answers that I've done. Great. So I, I go to finish it I go to hit submit and it says, you haven't answered questions. Oh no. And I'm like, what? So I go to the list and I click on it. I had to go through all 50 questions and hit next, next, oh, no. next, next. So the answers were next. there. It just hadn't moved from picture. Yeah, oh. yeah. But I passed. So, Yay. yeah. It makes me happy that I passed after such a harrowing experience. But there you go. So uh, we got some new mail. 
right? Oh, I was afraid I don't have the thing queued up because I accidentally closed it. Well, get it, get it ready. Suck. Okay, hold on. Let's We're do it. We can do events while what? she's getting that ready. Okay, let's do let's events. Do events. Okay, we can definitely do events. Uh, last week we talked about. Oh man, that sucks. She dropped her notes. Uh, <laughs> oh man, that sucks. Oh, all That's her what we papers t- fell out. We did talk about that last week. Uh, Something <laughs> sucked, I'm sure, on the show. But definitely, this doesn't suck. Ben McAdams has three town halls coming up. Well, one's open office hours, and then two town halls, right? Yes. Ben McAdams has three times that you can go hang out with him and learn more and ask questions and ask questions. What <laughs> actually ask so, questions? He'll be there live in person. You're not. Yeah. Gonna get a mailer later, and he's really nice, and he's not intimidating. So just go talk to him. Uh, the twenty second is in West Jordan, the twenty third is in Lehigh, and the twenty fourth is in West Valley at the government office. Are you okay over there? Yeah, I, had to, I almost skipped a date. It's been a long day. And they were Anyways. like three days in a row. They like, are three days in a row. So, she's got to get back to Washington and help stop the fucking stupid governor government. Yes. Thing. We'll talk about that later. Perfect. Um, locals only tickets go on sale on the 17th for Sundance. Uh, I randomly got some awesome tickets today that I'm really excited about that I didn't even know I could buy. Um, the 20th, this is going to be a really cool event out at Antelope Island. Um, the island and um, someone else that I didn't write down. Dark Sky Layton. Um, yes, Dark Sky Layton. Thank you. I did write it down. Um, is holding a lunar eclipse party. So, and so for those of you that don't remember, we've talked about this a couple of times. Antelope Island is one of the few places that's listed as a dark sky place uh, nationally or actually globally, right? Globally. Globally. And what that means is the skies are so dark that you can see incredibly well at night. You can see the stars. And so hopefully it's not a cloudy day. And don't worry, there's no night. antelope. You don't have to worry about that. Um, there are buffalo. There are buffalo. And so, gnats, but not gnats. in January. Yeah. And not spiders. Not until later. Yeah, they're all dead um, right now. <laughs> So they're going to do a 30-minute class at the visitor center, and then um, after that class, it's just viewing time. So it goes from 8 to 11. But view, and, viewing time, like you see dead people? Yes. Like you see stars, the moon. <laughs> the moon. <laughs> um, our guests that we have today have an event on the 21st, which is Monday. They need volunteers to come and help organize uh, their craft supplies. Um, we will post a link to that. So if you want to go and help. That's Clever Octopus yes. for those of you that uh, are not aware of who's on the show. Which could be a lot until until the interview happens, which has happened, but will happen later on the show. Yes. Uh, Sundance starts on on the 24th, officially. Also on the 24th is the Salt Lake County Mayor Debate at Jordan High School. And that is uh, Shereen Garbani, Jenny Davis, and two other people that... That should be an interesting debate to, yeah. to hear. Um, you don't get to vote on it, though, so... No, it's just a debate. But, but it, it, so you don't get to vote on it directly, but what you could do is reach out to your local representative, um, that being your, your caucus member, uh, whoever is the caucus, elected caucus person for your district. This is why Chris wants to be a caucus member, so that he can vote on midterm elections. I'm, I'm pretty sure that we, we probably don't even have functions. You don't have to be a registered Republican to vote for if... Um, Spencer Cox runs in the primary. To vote for a Republican primary, you have yeah. to be a Republican. You might have you to know switch what? temporarily. I think 
I, I don't think that's I'm not even I'm not even registered as anything. I'm just registered to vote. So, anyways, um, the 25th is. Um, have you guys been to Heber? Uh, Valley Cheese up in Midway before? Do you know where it is? Nope. Never been uh, well, two times I've a month. I've eaten their cheese, but I've never been up there. On the second and fourth Friday of every month, they do a uh, like a cheese testing and a class, and it's twenty dollars a person. They do it from six to nine, so you get a tour of the farm. Uh, you, you get, get to squeeze milk out yourself. Cheese making. <laughs> do they have over twenty flavors of cheese? I didn't know that. That's pretty rad. Is it a flavor or is it a type? Uh, it's both. Is it all cheddar, both. but they, they no. add stuff to it? Like paprika? Like Earl Grey tea? Yeah, I and know coffee that. grinds? The coffee grounds is me. I love the, Buzz. The, the, actually, so good. The, the Earl Grey tea stuff is actually pretty good. I should bring the rest over for you. I still have some in my fridge. That was pretty good cheese. Um, anyway, so that's cool. Another super awesome event that is coming up on the 25th. Have you guys heard of Mods Cafe before? Nope. Anyone? No. So it's a coffee shop that is on uh, 422 West and 900 South. And what its purpose is, is that it offers an 8 to 12 weeks of employment for youth, uh, youth volunteers of America, Utah Homeless Resource Center, and young men and women transition home. Oh wow! And so they're That's getting really ready cool. to have their birthday, and that is on the twenty fifth. So I like supporting businesses that do yeah. that sort of thing. It's a it's a big deal to try and get you know. And I believe that as of last week, uh, Rocklet Machine, who were our guests, um, are partnering with them. Can I tell you how mad I am? So, so <laughs> I really was I really was excited to get a freaking hot dog from them, and I looked at my phone on Sunday at like four, and I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. Like, there's the appointment from earlier in the day to go downtown to Fisher and get me a fucking hot dog with Rocklet on it, and I didn't go because I'm a dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really kind of I'm really pissed about it. I w- I just was wondering if you went. That's why I put that and, note and in actually, there. Actually, that note brought up bad I feelings. Rubbed, I know. Apparently, I rubbed. Chris has had kind of a bad a bad week with with things like that. Yeah. Me too. It was a. Uh, Man, I was just disappointed when I read that. I was like, motherfucker, because I, I had gotten over it from Sunday, and here we are Tuesday, and you just open that wound back up, Jess. That's what I do. <laughs> I didn't notice. Such an asshole. Uh, okay, so we're going to talk about uh, some mail, I think, and, and you're really not good at this, are you? without breaking some sort of copyright law. That's it. That's all. So, well, since this is only the second time in almost three years that we've gotten mail, I don't think we're in. <laughs> two weeks in a row, though. What the hell? It's pretty cool. All right. They're so all we got there already. This Christmas card cards. says season's greetings. That's good. Keep less less glitter than the ones we fucked our people over with. <laughs> Cheers, you guys. Tanner. So it is. We guessed right. It's from yeah, Tanner. It was from Tanner. Tanner. I will do glitter cards next year. Okay. No, it was fine. <laughs> no, it was funny because we were at Oleo and and we and Derek was like, "Did you guys send us a card?" And we're like, 
I don't know. Yeah, we, we it must be up somewhere and we're looking and Chris goes, it's this one. Like, I'm like, how do you remember? Glittery and he goes, because I didn't really look at the outside of them too much after we opened them up and started signing them. Mm-hmm. So it hadn't stuck in my head. And he's like, look, this one has glitter on it. I'm like, that's ours. <laughs> So to be fair, we did stand out <laughs> as a glitter card. Yep, we did. But uh, ours was a nice big card like this one from Tanner. Yeah, we should Our, take a picture and post that. Ours has lots we of uh, personal. Did we take pictures of all of these? Yeah, the two. Ours has lots of personalized <laughs> notes in it. Jess painstakingly writes everything by hand, and we sign everything by hand. We don't have a picture cool of this stand. one. No, no, I, because we just opened it. I apologize if yours is one of the last ones that I signed because it gets really bad by the end. Mine just gets bigger. My initials just take up the whole card after a while. Yeah, well, we start out. Jess is like, you can sign wherever you want. And Jeremy signs real small. About halfway through, Jess, because she sees where we're signing, and she's like, you know, you guys can take up more space. And then Jeremy's yeah, like, as long oh. as you leave me writing space. The, well, the first year we did it, Jeremy fucking signed his name on like. Half the card was just Jeremy's name. Like the blank white side of the card where Jess writes her no. Jeremy just fucking writes his whole name in there and no one else can. Jeremy Michael Gates. Oh, no, I didn't even have to do that. It's just Jeremy Gates. Jeremy Gates. And then he put Salt City Home Designs and then his email address. I don't get it because Jess and I have like the longest names. That's not true. My name's longer than yours. No, my name is longer than yours. Your first name is longer, but my actual whole name is longer than well, yours. Maybe. I think Jess and I can be in a tie for You're something. not a good judge of name length because your daughter had the longest name in her class and you kept trying to tell her other people had longer names. I kept hoping. It's like rainbowy in the picture. <laughs> I kept hoping. Oh, yeah, it's like silvery and shiny. Yeah, it's cool. I like that card. So, uh, yeah, if you want to send us cards, please do. Uh, we appreciate them. Oh, we could ask for a mail like Cat Palmer does. Maybe we should get a P.O. box so people can send, we can publish yeah. it and people can send us, like, lots of stuff. You know, speaking of Cat Palmer, I was listening to Radio from Hell, uh, I think it was yesterday, and Bill was talking about Cat and how she just basically, like, when she says something, you just do it. Like she just has. She's a force of nature. Just like the, yeah, that's what he called her is a force of nature. And he's like, so she she doesn't really ask. She's just like, so we're gonna do this thing, and, and you're gonna be in it. It's at this time. I only take forty five minutes of your time, and like you just do it. <laughs> and like it's true, you show up, and she's got everything there. You're not standing around or anything. But he's like, she just things just happen. <laughs> they just did a really cool project um, with the air quality and took all of our gas masks up and had everybody stand like with the city to their backs. Yeah, I think that's. What, that's what he was yeah. talking about as he was part of that. That's that's really cool. Smog Lake City um, shit. Which is not cool, but the project is cool. So... Uh. So let's, uh, we got a lot to go over. So we are going to talk to uh, two ladies from Clever Octopus, which is a freaking really cool, fantastic organization. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, there's been some shit. There's been a lot lot of shit. So let's start with the most fucked up of the shit, which was the uh, shooting at Fashion Place. Which, Jess, you got to tell your story. I don't have a story. You got to tell it anyway. I wasn't there. I mean, it she was said there. She was rescued. I was from there. there from yeah, her, I was. Her cousins. I was there. It was my first shift that I worked in like a month. And they were like, can you stay? We didn't know what your schedule was going to be. And I was like, actually, I have dinner with my cousin, Nick. So I can't. So you left. So I left. And what I time went did to you the, leave? It was like just around noon. So I left and I went to the Asian market and got my supplies for dinner and I went home and as soon as I got home, 
then it came across my yeah my twitter and so uh yeah so hypothetically yes i was supposed to be there (laughs) and it was on our end of the mall it's like four stores away it was it was actually outside of the mall where it actually Mm -hmm. happened but it was and it was gang related well it started inside the argument started inside so it's two two gangs that started fighting in the mall that happenstance crossed each other by the way like it was super random and and probably talked shit to each other and then eventually led to gunfire and two people getting shot i never Um, did hear were the two people part of it or were they just no they were part they were definitely part of it they were targeted they they are the two people they have arrested they've arrested on suspicion of attempted murder mm-hmm. and reckless discharge of a firearm yep. and felony in pos- felon in possession like serious shit these people are going to go away for a long time and, and one of the, the the guy that they shot so the woman I think is out of the hospital she was out that day the, yeah. the guy is still in critical condition in the hospital uh, he was shot in the back so she was shot in the leg I do believe yeah so not cool, uh, but gang violence. So now, of course, there's been a bunch of stuff about gangs in Salt Lake. What, uh, did you see the article 2018? That is what all of the murders were from. Were from like the majority, gang, all gang related. All gang related. That, that's the shit that's gone that went down in Kearns all last year. That was all a lot of heavy gang activity. So they, they estimate there's probably about 18 active gangs, I think, in Salt Lake. Uh, well, and the one gang was from was like from Summit County, like Wasatch yeah. County. So uh, it's uh, it's unfortunate. I, I think the thing that so of course initially, like if you think twenty years ago if that would have happened, you know, uh, a shooting at the mall, the whole mall doesn't go on lockdown. That's how much things have changed with with mass shootings. Um, the mall basically went on lockdown uh, after people more or less fucking trampled people to get out. No, it says that that there weren't any reports of actual trampling. No. But the the eyewitness reports were it was was a bit of a. I'm sure some people were exaggerating slightly, and some people were in a sure. panic. People and don't exaggerate these things. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, that was a big deal. Um, that was uh, it's still in the news. Well, the biggest, I mean, besides the obvious shooting, the biggest conversation that's going to be happening at that mall is the alarm system, is a fire alarm system, um, because they go off all the time, and so there was no like. Like, like it just happened that the alarm went off at the well, exact same time. Let's be it, clear. The alarm system is not unique to that mall. Meaning people's reaction to fire alarms in public spaces is not what it should be. True. True. But it was just happenstance that it went off at the exact same time because everybody yeah. thought they were related, but it wasn't. And so it's just the mall is going to have to find a way, uh, like a better an- announcement system. Well, and, they, and, it, and it sounds like they didn't have any, they don't have any kind of clear plans for active shooter situations. And you would think after having an active shooter in Trolley Square in Salt Lake, what? 15 years ago. 10 year anniversary was last year, right? So maybe 11. So So you would think after that, every mall in this area would have an active shooter sort of scenario. Because that was a a big deal. That was a a huge attack. A lot of people were shot. And a much smaller space, like... Yeah, yeah, but a lot more curves and corners and yeah. stuff than the opener, more more open opener? fashion. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so that that's a, that's definitely a concern. But I, to me, the bigger concern is the fire alarm. So I can tell you, uh, we have been in Rio Tinto. Right, twenty thousand plus people in a stadium, and the fire alarm goes off. And you want to know how many people get up and move? The teacher, 
That one teacher. Yeah. And she freaked out at everyone that didn't want to move. She yelled at us. Yeah. We ignored her. Yeah. <laughs> but more than, more than one occasion, it's gone off. Um, in warm-ups, in the middle of a game, they don't evacuate the field. They don't evacuate people. Like, everyone goes, oh, it's not real. Whether it's real. Anything. We kind of look around for smoke and just keep going on with our lives. But that's, and I, I don't know how you fix that. I, I really don't, but that's that's a concern because that's how that's. So I have been well, in a hotel when the fire alarm goes off, and when you get woke up in the middle of the night to a fire alarm in a hotel, yeah. you fucking leave your room. Um, but outside of that, I've 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 experienced countless fire alarms in public spaces, and you don't leave. Well, when the alarm goes off in our house, we just assume it's an accident. Yeah, I, especially at night, I'm like, God damn it! Is there a fire anywhere? Okay, let's let's pull the alarms but, off. But most of the time, we get really mad and just I get so yell mad at it. out. I get so mad. <laughs> well, ours are plugged into the house, so well, we I have do, to actually unplug. To the, be fair, the last like the times that they go off, though, the first thing I do is go check the attic above the bedrooms, mm-hmm. because one of the things that fire alarms do detect is stuff like smoke in your attic. So if you have something happen and your attic has Good smoke or, or or something smoke in the attic, yeah, not smoke. <laughs> No. That's a song. I know. So, but <laughs> there's not but flowers in the attic. You can't either. see that. It's not going to smoke down into the house immediately, but the fire alarm will detect it uh, long before you will. Well, it's so, like that couple that that police officer just rescued. Uh, that their attic was space was on fire, and they had no. They were awake, oh yeah, they and they on, had no idea. Yeah. So, so. I do check that stuff before I get really mad and, and get pissed off that there's a dead battery in the alarm. I actually set it off on Thanksgiving. Oh um, our new stove. One uh, of the yeah. I there was butter on the the crust of the pie as and I didn't realize how big of a chunk it was and so when I put it in the oven and it melted that edge of the pie didn't have a barrier anymore and so some of the pumpkin went out over the side onto the bottom of the stove and I didn't notice it until and she opened the oven and all the smoke just whoosh. and it just it set everything off luckily we had our new windows and we were able to open the windows but poor Chris was upstairs asleep and he's <laughs> jumping around and yelling and I've got the broom and I'm trying to keep the smoke away from the because Thanksgiving detectors. in our household is Chris goes to bed early on Thanksgiving night Bree stays up until four in the morning make making pie eyes and cleaning up after I just itself. I like to make them when nobody else is around and, and it's then, super quiet. And then the shift changes and she goes to bed and Chris wakes up at like 5 a.m. and starts smoking start, the turkey. Start the turkeys. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> That's how Thanksgiving works at our house. Uh, so that is a concern and I think If that I'm not tiling. I, I, th- I think the overall response of so the the police response by all accounts was fantastic, um, but uh, the, the actual plan of the mall uh, is a lot to be desired. So, how do you feel about working in that mall, knowing that, Jess? Well, my mom was like, "You're not going back." <laughs> I was like, "We'll have a shift on Sunday." So, <laughs> well, the good news as an employee is you can run to the back room and yeah. barricade yourself back there. Um, yeah. Can we talk some other depressing shit? some really I think more depressing shit honestly if you want it but some people recorded those shots that was terrifying by the way yeah I tried to avoid watching those videos I watched them because one was right outside my store (laughs) yeah I that's that's one thing when that stuff happens that I just want to really try and seclude myself from I don't want to see that stuff it's uh you get to see people in in a primal state and I like to think people are better than they are there were good Samaritans. There were some, I'm sure. There was like somebody that tweeted, thank you to the stranger that let my wife and I jump in the car, in your car. I started, so the reason we even found out, we were watching a movie and Sean texted me and she's like, 
you're not at the mall, are you? Yeah. I'm like, no, why? Also, She's I think like, there's been a shooting. I also think Taco Bell did some good business that day. <laughs> yeah, because that was the meat spot. That was the meat spot. So Taco Bell had a lot of people in front of it. So uh, they, they sold some tacos probably. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Can Moving we, right along. I'm going to try my best not to be angry through this whole next chunk of stories that we're doing because there's some really cool stuff in here but it's all tied to the fucking giant orange pumpkin headed piece of shit that's running our country right now orange and, 45 and 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 congress uh the republican congress who's too fucking feckless and afraid to uh stand up uh against the president um and the democrats who quite frankly don't have the ability to you know override that um even with the majority in the house but the government is still shut down it's the longest shutdown in history um and it doesn't look like it's got an end in sight uh so much so that a lot of stuff is is starting to happen so utah is one of the states that's going to be hardest hit um because of how our economy is because of all the all the national parks which we we actually talk about uh, with our guests today as well Um, but because of all our national parks all of our federal employees we have an irs processing center here uh we have five national parks um the air force base the two army bases air force base yeah the the army bases aren't as big of a deal as the air force base the air force base is a big deal because uh, of all the civilian workers that work there the contracted workers half to three quarters of the town that lives around it is all employed by the base yeah so they're all unemployed right now basically (laughs) they're all furloughed um there's there's uh, a big airport full of tsa agents uh that are all impacted by this um the airport thing is is that's most everywhere has airports that are staffed by TSA, um, and, and ours is certainly not one of the worst. The, the stuff back east is really bad for TSA. Well, the one in Texas, that's the one that's made national. Houston. In Houston. Because they've had to close a whole terminal. A whole, yeah, a whole terminal. And, um, some of the reports I, I've been reading are saying four to five hours to get through the checkpoint at the airport. Yeah, so keep that in mind, too. And my friend said Vegas was easy. They just walk right through. Yeah, keep in mind if you're traveling. Uh, the, the TSA agents are not being paid, but they are being required or asked to work. But here's the deal. If you have to work a full-time job for no money and you have to support your family and now you're two paychecks into the first of the year and you have worked, you know, at this point 160 hours and gotten zero dollars, guess what you're not going to do anymore is go into that job that's not paying you to work. You're going to go find work that actually pays you so that you can house and feed. Well, and coming and out of Christmas, most people are paying off Christmas. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. Anyway, so some of the stuff that that has happened um, that I think is worth mentioning. So, um, the food pantry up in uh, up in Ogden, it's Catholic Catholic Community Services that runs that, right? Yep, yep. They've opened uh, up a food pantry to the furloughed IRS workers, which so I think is amazing. That is so cool. Is it eight thousand or five thousand? I can't remember. It's one of those two uh, IRS uh, workers. Five thousand. So there are five thousand IRS workers. There's a big processing center here in the state of Utah, up in Ogden. 5,000 IRS workers. I don't know that all 5,000 of them have been furloughed because they do still run a skeleton staff. Yeah, um, but the majority of them, for sure. Yeah, the vast majority of them have been furloughed, which means they're not getting paid. They're not the furloughed. They're not even going to work. 
Yeah. So, uh, and they may not have a job uh, when things come back. Uh, and this, of course, is during tax season. So if you expect to get a refund, good luck. Uh, your refund's going to be extremely delayed. So all the people that normally file around this time or right at the beginning of February, um, all your shit's going to be delayed. Your your stuff's not going to have been sent and processed by the IRS from businesses. So if you have 1099s and W-2s and shit like that, that's not getting processed right now. Uh, and then, you know, of course, any returns that you do, all the paperwork you do, is not going to get processed. Refunds aren't going to get sent. So also something that impacts people because a lot of people rely on those refunds at the beginning of the year to fund things or right. to pay for big expenses they've been waiting like repairing a furnace or or a water heater or something like that so but cool on catholic community services for starting a food pantry to help those people out um some of the other stuff, uh, the um, the state itself is starting to take a long look at, when I say long, they're looking now into March because the federal programs, um, some of the stuff that, that is, is not going to be funded is school lunch, for example, um, food stamps uh, for the poorest of people. So now you have people um, that aren't necessarily working for the government but are being affected by the shutdown. If this continues into March, those services don't have funding so now what do we do well there's i mean it it it, it, it just keeps reaching farther and farther i read another article today where people who've been applying for citizenship oh that's getting held back that's all getting held back the problem is they've got a deadline and if they don't meet that deadline they run the risk of whatever that paperwork now being expired mm -hmm. i'm just going to throw this out there someone i know uh re tried to renew his passport that's going to sit for yeah a while. that's just sitting there <laughs> That was me. <laughs> so, like, Bree, Bree told me that you had uh, submitted your passport, and I'm like, well, that's, that's cool, but no one's going to look at it for weeks. Yeah. So, so when I turned it in, I mean, at Harriman, where the passport center is, where I did the paperwork, you know, the girl, the girl there's like, five to seven days, you can log in, it'll, it'll give you the progress. So, it's been seven days, so I knew what it was going to be, so I, I went ahead and logged in today. It, it says there's no report of... Yeah, you haven't even submitted it, because so, I mean, they don't know. As far as they're concerned, it hasn't even gone in yet, so... So, I mean, there's things like that that are going to start start affecting every citizen, not just the federal employees are getting fucked over. Uh, and as that stuff happens, I, there's going to be more pressure to get stuff done, I think, federally. Um, but other things that are affecting Utah besides, you know, food stamps, the IRS, are national parks. So there have been horrendous stories. I, like heartbreaking stories of shit that's going on especially in like california so joshua tree national park is is an example that keeps getting sent and seen in national news and that's because california's got nice fucking weather in the middle of january and so people go and camp and joshua tree national park has limited staff so they still have some rangers to enforce laws but not what they should so what's happening is people are going off-road they're cutting down fucking trees, trees that the park is named after. Uh, the, the, the whole reason the park exists is to protect those trees uh, for future generations. They're fucking cutting them down so they can put up a tent. Like it's, it's insane, the shit that's going well, I, on. We talked about this last week briefly, too. Simple things like no one is emptying the garbages in the parks. No one is cleaning out the bathrooms in the parks. So simple things aren't being taken care of. And I don't know if we talked about it last week on the show, but um, the Navajo Nation in Utah, mm -hmm. um, 
their roads aren't getting paved or, or, or plowed because yep. that's part of the federal services. So they're stuck. There's there's people who are stuck in their homes and they can't get out because the roads aren't being plowed. So thankfully right now, some of the stuff, the, the stuff that's being done in Utah is all being done by uh, funds that have been raised uh, through donations, essentially. So we've already spent 66000 of $80,000 that have been allocated to, to keep the parks open. Uh, and there's some private groups we've, we talked about them a couple weeks ago uh, that are helping keep parks like Zion at least minimally staffed and open uh, with the bare bones staff. But I don't know how long that can continue. Well, the Salt Lake, um, like utility employees have been helping. Yeah, they've been helping everywhere they can. But, you know, at the end of the day, it, it doesn't last forever. People don't continue to do this stuff forever for free. It would be great if they did. They just can't, though. But, yeah, it's not it's not practical. It's not reasonable. Um, the longer this goes, the more likely that stuff is to. And it, and it does not. Nothing that I'm looking at or reading Every day I look, uh, and, and I've yet to see anything that suggests this is getting even close. In fact, you've got Fox News now talking about another fucking caravan that started oh, what the down hell in was Central, that shit? down in Central America to try and direct people Honduras away. or something. I, I'm convinced that's that's to do two things: it's to direct people away from uh, the the shutdown that's occurring and how it's affecting you in your life today uh, and people around you, and I think it's also to try and deflect some media attention from the shit that's coming out from the Mueller investigation. It's a scare tactic, though, to say, look, we need the wall. Here comes another horde. Yeah, it's... Because, uh, you know, good. the last horde did something so awful. But whatever happened with that? Yeah. I want to talk about some good stuff, so I'm going to skip some of these stories. By the way, what the hell was with the McDonald's and the Burger King shit that the stupid president did? There are lots of restaurants that cater. He was proving a point. Look at all this food Stupid. he bought. Look at all this cheap, shitty food. And he actually spit like if you look, if you read the story or watch the video, he spoke at length about how awesome American food was, and it was all a bunch of fucking McDonald's and Taco Bell and and Wendy's and and yeah, because there's nowhere decent to eat in D.C. Nah, it's a bunch of shitty restaurants. <laughs> everything's that's the other thing. Everything's closed in D.C. Nothing's open. So the Smithsonian's and all that stuff, they're all closed. And the the, not, the amount of foot traffic that's out there is... Aren't Jody missing. going there? Yeah, in like July. Oh. So hopefully, if it's not open by July, hopefully. we're fucked. We're, we're seriously fucked if it's not open by July. Um... Okay, so I want to talk about some cool stuff. Uh, I want to stop talking about sad shit. Um, real briefly, we, just because we talked about this before. Um, so ITT Tech, which was a big part of Utah for a long time, had, had shut down the government basically said hey, you guys are you guys aren't do all this financial aid that you've been receiving all these years uh, we want all that money back and they had to basically close their doors because they couldn't do that uh, Western Governors University has been facing a similar thing so they went through an audit uh, and um, they basically initially got slapped with a 700 million dollar fine a $713 million fine that uh, the U.S. Department of Education, um, the inspector general, had recommended that they be slapped with that fine. So they did a full audit um, and said, yeah, there's really nothing here that uh, suggests that you should be paying that fine. So they are not going to be paying that fine. The fine was based off of um, the 
wording that's used for higher education funding um, that indicates that a facility needs to have regular and substantive interaction with students. So basically, Western Governors University was formed um, sometime back in uh, 97, I think, 97. by 19 governors. It's an online uh, college, an online university, 100% online. Uh, I don't think they do any in-class stuff. Um, they do have you know, locations here, but I, I think all their classes are actually online. Um, the, the purpose of it is to allow people to get a higher education kind of at their own pace. And it works very different than a traditional university. So you pay essentially a fee per semester and you can do as little or as much as you want during that time. So you don't pay by course, you don't pay by credit hour. If you can cram in two years worth of shit into six months, you pay for six months and you're done. Um, so that's how it works, but they do participate in federal funding programs like FAFSA and, and other things that allow people to get grants and, and federal loans and stuff like that to help pay. Um, and so then they're subject to all these audits, but that's kind of good news, I think. Um, it's a big institution here in the state of Utah, actually. Uh, Papa Loloy, Deloy Hansen, owns a big chunk of it, actually. Now. <laughs> we kind of rescued him from bankruptcy. Uh, that's a whole other story. Uh, another cool thing, um, Huntsman Cancer Institute just got another $30 million donation from the that's Huntsman. Awesome. From the Huntsman. So um, I, I like... I like uh, <sighs> I like reading the beginning of this story. It was really catching to me. So it was saying that uh, Karen Huntsman, the wife of, of John Sr., who, who just passed away, uh, she was going through her husband's belongings, and she found a piece of paper he had written on in 95. So that's when he fed the year he founded the Cancer Institute. And it said, the sole purpose of Huntsman Cancer Institute is to serve the patient. And so she basically said, in honor of that, um, they're doing a $30 million donation to the Cancer Institute, um, and um, that's basically to build another wing um, to help build this big, big expansion. I wonder where they're going to put it. Are they going to... I mean, literally, there's just so little space up there. If you actually... Well, the Huntsman Cancer Institute is, is kind of off to the side on Hope Circle, and it's up next to the mountain, so I imagine there's some... Go back and up, maybe? Yeah, there, yeah. there's space, and actually, if you if you go to the story that KSL published on it, um, there's actually a link to, like, the, the visualization stuff, all the... I don't know what the fuck you architects call that shit. <laughs> the bullshit... The rendering? rendering? Yeah, the bullshit rendering. <laughs> Um, other I like how Jeremy didn't help you find the word, though. No. He no. just laughed at you. <laughs> well, he's a dick, so. <laughs> the site plan is what I would be looking laughing. for. The site plan is what I would personally be looking for to see. It. I'm sure it's available. An aerial view of where they're going to put it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's available. I don't know what those fucking architectural terms are. You probably use them in poetry. Only uh, a slam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only other thing I was going to talk about, uh, I think, is just the Dixie State is now a Division One school. I was actually going to look that up, and I forgot to put it in the notes. Um, so I'm going to do it now. Look what up. Many division, how many Division One schools are in Utah? Yeah, you just said I was going to look that up. Yeah, well. Like we knew what you were talking about. I, you guys should all know my, uh, Dude, my brain. I'm married to you, and I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I'm sort of married to you. So, because Southern Utah University recently became Division One, BYU, University of Utah, Utah State, Utah Valley University is Division One, <laughs> Weber State University is Division One, and now Dixie State University. <laughs> That's freaking insane. That's a lot of Division One schools for the state. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah. So, Division Division One is... 
top top ranking colleges basically it's that means they get more monies yeah basically they get more money they can grow um so that's really cool that uh dixie state they've been invited into the western athletic conference the WAC. now both of our girls go to division one schools that's wiggity wiggity whack (laughs) (laughs) you're such a dad So, anyway, just a bit of news. Does just smack you? <laughs> I think she's like have one of those those big long hands, and she just you know the sticky hand, and she just like throws it out and smacks you. And just like my kids, I just don't even listen anymore. She, she's she's probably got an ignore button, like built in, like an ignore switch. Okay, with us today we have uh, two ladies from Clever Octopus. We have Sherry and Jen. How are you, ladies? Great. Happy to be here. Pretty excited to do this. Yay. The excitement rings through in your voice. <laughs> She's very much concentrating She's on She's trying to pull up She's trying, trying to, to pull get up some info, something yeah. that she wants to yeah. wants to share. She's doing the tech thing right now. She's like I'm really excited to be here. I'm really excited to show you my amazing PDF that loaded beautifully. So there's side one and we'll show you side two. She's showing us their their growth plans. That's right. I like that they're just they're just tentacles. So you're just, the tentacles are growing. Do you chop one off before you do that, before you grow? We are all tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> so are there eight of you in the uh, in the organization? We actually, last count was 19. 19. So you're more than one octopus. Oh, so yeah. should you change the name to Clever Octopi? Um, you know, if you had to count the number of octopus people that we have encountered and <laughs> that we have indoctrinated and we have gathered in with all of our little tentacles, we would find that we are probably a lot more than 19 in the periphery. Is this like a is this like a hydra situation where one of you goes down and two more come up? Um, prob- I mean, probably, probably. They probably wish it was so they have more people. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if I could make yeah, myself probably. duplicate like a hydra, then we would be uh, really, really happy folks. Do octopus do, do they grow their appendages back like lizards grow tails back? Do we know? I don't know. I think so. I don't know, but I know that if Sharkers you cut do. their appendage off and like it's like if they're eating or something. Like they'll still try and like feed themselves, but yeah, it's like the, they have brains like throughout their bodies. Like decentralized brains. brains, yep. And also their regular brain is a donut, which is also nice. Yeah, their brain is a donut shape. What am I doing to myself over here? Uh, did you unplug yourself? Yeah, well, my headset's all jacked up now. Like, my cord is messed up on my headset. So, so. so who came up with the name? Mm, that was a caffeine-fueled road trip to, uh, <laughs> to Moab to acquire the Octopod, which wasn't at that time called the Octopod. What is the Octopod? Ooh. Sherry, a great. <laughs> that's a great story in and of itself. We got but time. It's, it's, a, it's a step van, so you know a white UPS truck. Uh huh. Yeah. That you converted. That we converted. It's a mobile classroom. That is very cool. It's more of a mobile hauler <laughs> <laughs> with everything that could be used in a classroom. Gotcha. It's full. It's full of all the stuff. And so, caffeine field road trip, going to Moab. We knew that we needed this vehicle. We knew that that was the one to go get. And uh, we had four hours. And we decided by the time we got there to pick up this vehicle, we were going to have an organization name. Um, and so, uh, I brought a list of adjectives and animals and figured out who was going to be our mascot. And we debated through just about every possible combination. And this was was unicorn one of the options. It no. was. Sherry's not into our unicorns. Oh, oh darn. What about uh, the lager? That's a very unique. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
Liger. The Liger is a good choice, but I feel like the the octopus really encompasses who we are and what we do. It's pretty rad. I love the octopus. There, I mean, there's a lot of thought now that they have sentient thought. <coughs> humans but do. Wait, yeah, I mentioned that. I just read a story about an octopus that um, to prove that octopi or octopodes. Um, are able to think for themselves and do crazy stuff. There was a story that um, this octopus got mad because his handler brought him a whole bunch of shrimps, and one of the shrimp was bad. And so the octopus climbed out of the tank, walked down the hall, and threw the bad shrimp at his handler. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Pretty incredible. Did he, he really did that? That was really Yeah, that, I learned that from my science nerd friends. That's yeah. really cool. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. I'm jealous of octopus now. Octopi. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they're pretty rad. I keep wanting to call them octopuses, but I don't... That's, that's probably that's not, not right. correct. It's I octopi. That, I think, again, I think you're actually most correct, and it's not octopi. Really? It has to do with the etymology of the word. We could we could do an hour on just <laughs> words and octopus on its own. <laughs> I mean, wasn't there a garden full of octopuses? There was. Yes, there was. Under the sea. Under yep. the sea. Yes, yep. it was. And that was really? actually the most correct. That's, there you go. Yep. So you can call them octopuses. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's called a garden if there's more than one. Mm-hmm. A garden. And they, like, decorate their homes with little bits of found trash, and they, like, sparkly things? That's really it an sounds ideal like mascot. Your neighbors. So they're friends that sounds like your neighbors right there. They decorate <laughs> with trash. And they burn it, too, <laughs> after they decorate That's, with it. The octopus are really bad at burning things. It's the whole underside yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> when you live under the sea, yeah. it's, it's, it's a lot know, harder. They know SpongeBob. That's it. Mm. I'm not sure if they share uh, share regions or if they're, you know, different neighborhoods. That would be yeah. Squidward. They're probably more related. Squidward. Squidward. Oh, well, there you Squidward go. Is a, he's a very grumpy squid. Um, my girls think I'm like Squidward. You are. Uh, so, okay, enough about uh, enough about the octopus uh, as an animal. What about you guys? Like, I mean, this. Uh, first off, can you describe what you guys do? Because I don't think anyone, our listeners, may not know who you are. I'd say that most people don't know who we are. Um, we are the first organization of this kind in Utah, and while you might do a lot of this stuff on your own, you probably haven't heard of there being lots of organizations that do this. So we're a creative reuse center, meaning that we gather... Um, scrap arts and craft supplies from people from around the valley but also we all gather um, clean industrial discards which would be cool garbage from local businesses meaning like if you are a clothing manufacturer and you happen to cut off a certain number of seams and you have this huge mountain of seams and you know that the only thing that you can do with it is send it to the landfill and you feel bad about that you would call us and then we would start collecting those pieces of cool garbage I I think even if they don't feel bad about it they should probably call you (laughs) oh if they want to feel better about it or make their business sound a whole lot cooler then they definitely should call us so we gather cool stuff that can become art supplies as well as things that actually are art supplies Um, we sell them to the public at discounted rates of 50 to 90% off of retail and we also teach a lot of classes throughout the valley to folks who um, want to learn more things about art so so kind of like an artistic savers on wheels basically but with also a store that's cool that's yeah. pretty incredible Jeremy you have a new friend now um, <laughs> that's that's what's going on um, so you you collect all this stuff what do you I mean where does it go 
just where did it go? Where would it have gone otherwise? Yeah, where I mean, other it? than the landfill. I mean, where, where, you guys, you guys teach classes and stuff mm-hmm. with it, right? Yep. So, how did that come about? Um, well, with me, I spent the last thirty years teaching in different variety of classrooms: elementary school, college, private school, and worked a lot with the kids in their arts programming, trying to bring grassroots programming into the schools before we had, well, after we had art, then it was taken (laughs) away. You know, we became adults and there was no use for art anymore. Yeah, bringing art back into the classrooms and in the process realized that, you know, the funding is pretty obvious. Low funding and availability of materials, the cost to buy materials. And so looking at those classrooms and realizing, you know, we've got to do a better job at making supplies available, having fun opportunities. And so I started researching and looking for ways to help bring programs into either Title I schools or neighborhoods or programs where there was a need and a desire. And Jen and I actually met up in classes up at the University of Utah. We were both kind of thinking about working towards master's programs in the ceramic program. And as we got talking, we got brainstorming and thinking about directions that the two of us wanted to pursue later on and the way we went. That's cool. So what I I, I still want to. So are you guys? Um, we'll, we'll we'll take a step back first. <laughs> are you guys both from Utah? Nope. So no. Where Where are right. you guys from? Um, I grew up in Texas in the Carolinas. I moved a bit, um, but that's that's where I encountered the first one of these that I ran into, and that's where we kind of started learning about this idea. In in Texas or in the Carolinas? In Carolinas. So um, there's a lot now. There's there are several in Texas now, but the one that I met was the Scrap Exchange in Durham, North Carolina, and um, it's twenty. 7 or 28 years old at this point so it was around I kind of watched it grow up while I was in school I kind of watched it from a distance and I knew that this was a thing that was really important to me there it was useful for a lot of different kinds of programs that I was teaching and engaged with and um, it was kind of a driving need that I saw in Utah as far as being able to make stuff and figure out where to recycle stuff even like I, I have some art supplies what do I do with them if I don't want them anymore I don't send them to the regular thrift store yeah, they don't. They don't generally resell colored pencils and, and half-used paints. And right, because they wouldn't know what to do with all the things. You need such. You need specific knowledge to know how to sort that stuff and how to sell that stuff and what it could become. Um, and so, having a team of really cool folks that know how to deal with all this stuff means that we can get in a handful of things. And if I don't know what the object is, I send the picture around, and somebody definitely has seen it before. So I brought you to Utah. America, well, we and we didn't. Ask Sherry too. Yeah, where she's from. All right, hold that thought. Okay. Sherry, oh, where are you turn. from? <laughs> uh, I'm from Southern Idaho. What part? So not too far away. A little town called Rigby. I know Rigby. I was, my family's from Pocatello. Oh, well, that was a place Uh-oh. we never wanted to go. That, that's, I like that. Everyone that's wanted to that's go. That's the big city. Pocatello. Uh, <laughs> Pocatello. We had it. We had our own name for Pocatello. Don't I worry. I, you've probably heard of it. We moved there when I was three. So I. I haven't lived there since I was three, but most of my family is still from Pocatello. Yeah, Southern Idaho. Grew up in a small town. You know, I just spent my growing up years outside. 
And it was all about experiencing and experimenting and trying and finding a way to create or make with whatever it was that you happened to have around. Mm -hmm. And so that was just natural for me growing up. And I've tried to have that be the same sort of situation for my children, but I have to admit they're probably a little more spoiled on that side of <laughs> availability. Yeah. So what brought you to Utah besides the obvious you were in Idaho? My family moved. <laughs> I mean, that's not a hard stretch, right? Yeah. Yeah, just dad's job. We moved down, and, yeah, and then I became someone from Utah. <laughs> And, and so, again, how did you move here, Jen? Because Jeremy stopped you. In the Sorry, okay, back to you. Sure. So I came here because of AmeriCorps. So I was in AmeriCorps Vista in California, and my position changed, and I needed to find a new position because I kind of liked it, even though you make no dollars and uh, you work crazy hours and you make interesting things happen. But it was really fun to be part of a small organization and then get a lot of stuff done. And so I found myself working with Splor, which is an organization based in Salt Lake that recently merged with National Ability Center and they do outdoor recreation for people with disabilities. So it meant that I was effectively a river guide um, while helping plan out how to make the program bigger and stronger and more cost efficient and more functional across the board. Like a real river guide, like on the water river guide? I rode the boats. Where? Uh, in Moab. So I rode boats. I, I hauled heavy stuff. Um, I had uh, an actual Chaco tan as well as a dirt Chaco tan. <laughs> I was legit. Absolutely. How Absolutely. long did you do that? Um, that was two years. Wow. Yeah. But that was fun. It was pretty great. It was pretty fantastic. And it doesn't pay the bills so well, but I'm sure it's fun. <laughs> yeah, they gave us free housing, at least, so that helped. That helps. We, we had a nice, uh, barely functional house to stay in. What, it was pretty lovely. <laughs> what did you do during the off-seasons in Moab? So, Fix the boats? Uh, actually, with my position, because it was AmeriCorps Vista, it was actually year-round. So um, when I wasn't in Moab working there, um, I was in Salt Lake, and I was running our outdoor programs. So I was doing um, cross-country skiing and snowshoeing and oh, okay. uh, taking taking kids rock climbing, taking them up to the National Ability Center to go horseback riding, working with the integrated program between um, youth with disabilities and the mainstream classroom so that they would all get to hang out together and be friends. And it was pretty cool because it made a big difference in a lot of those kids' lives. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So you guys decided to jump from... Uh, okay, from so, now you're, so, yeah. <laughs> so now you're both so in the town. Yeah. So you, you both went to the U, took some classes. How did that happen? Fast forward from that point, another... Three or four years, and then I'm trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up, whatever that might mean. Um, and we both found ourselves in classes at the U and recognized that we were both the uh, kids who are a bit older than the rest of the kids. <laughs> uh, it's pretty bad when <laughs> when the kids quote kids that are pregnant are coming up and asking you about questions about raising a family, and you realize you're basically their mom or their grandma. <laughs> you are very senior now. <laughs> We were the adult kids in the kids' class, um, but you know, we're trying to figure things out. And uh, as as we have now realized is a pattern, we started talking about a couple ideas and cooked up a plan for one single class that turned out to be way bigger than it should have been. And uh, the rest is history. Since then, other projects and all projects have snowballed pretty significantly to the point that uh, uh, I mean, we went from basically zero to 19 employees. 
in it just shy of two years. So you guys did, did your first class before you had the before you had the the truck or wagon or van or whatever you want to call it. The octopod. Oh, yeah. the, octopod. the octopod. Yes, we did. Yeah, I was actually working um, with the let's see at that point Salt Lake Arts Council as a artist in resident and was doing a residency at a local elementary school and needed assistance. And so yeah, asked students at the U if anybody wanted to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Jen jumped on board because she's as crazy as I am. I said, absolutely, we she's can do like, this. Let's yeah. figure it out. Yeah. So so where all because obviously I mean you you got started before you went down and got the octopod. So where were you doing these these classes and where were you storing materials? You guys got some extra room in your houses? Definitely no extra room. So so these these were all done kind of through Sherry's connections of the artist and resident stuff. She roped me in. We kind of talked about some stuff and then um, you know ideas were cooking in the background. And then a couple of years after that first class was when we started putting together our plans to make something big and ridiculous happen. And here we are. Do you guys consider it a nonprofit? Yep. Then we're a five hundred one c three nonprofit. All of your awesome nineteen volunteers. You said no paid staff. Oh, paid staff. Yeah, I'm not even counting volunteers. That would take that another couple of hands. How like how have you recruited your? your artists. I'm going to call them artists. Yeah, most, well, they basically all are artists, you know, and they're in their own different fields and and avenues. Um, A lot of them have come through recommendations, um, people that we know or that they know. And those are, for us, some of the best are, you know, the ones that are referred. Um, We are always looking for artists. And most everyone that we work with wants to be part-time. And, you know, they, they like teaching, they like being involved in collaborative events or collaborative work, but they also like having their own private workspace and private time. So part-time seems to work really well at this point. Do you need more people right now? I think having, you know, another two or three awesome human beings who want to teach a little bit to a lot of a little bit would be pretty rad. And um, the more bodies that we can have on tap, the more things that we can say yes to. So as it is right now, I get more inquiries um, each week than I can possibly send anybody to. And I think Sherry also gets more than that. And we're about to start writing our grants for upcoming stuff and start working on future plans. That's exciting. So is your primary audience them kids and doing after-school programs with kids, or do you do a bunch of other stuff as well? You know, I would say they're not our primary audience. Um, when it comes to our outreach programming, currently they're the easiest to tap into, and part of that's been because of the program that we programming that we've done in the past individually and then collectively. Yet we're we're starting to work with uh, senior senior centers, so we have programs with South Salt Lake and the senior centers. We do library programs. We're currently in four Salt Lake City libraries and are just setting up programs to start working with Salt Lake County libraries. So how do those work? Do they give you, like like at the library, for example, do they give you a specific time and say, okay, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, this time to this time, you can do whatever you want? How does that work? That's fairly fairly accurate. (laughs) Yeah, um, you know, there's some selectivity based on the fact that 
kids go to school during the day. Sure. And so we do after school programming with them. Um, we're in the process. They're very interested in having us do some adult programs. And so those can be offered at different times. And then with like the senior centers, do you go into the senior centers then? And yes. What kind of projects do you do? Like like literally, what is it that you do with them? <laughs> you do like pipe cleaner stick figures? <laughs> so is that? The, the beauty of creative reuse means that we have access to so much more material than you would possibly dream of being typical. So we might show up and teach, you know, a, a normal, normal, quote unquote, normal kind of class where there's, you know, drawing and painting for some of the senior centers, for example. But instead of using, um, you know, graphite pencils and paper or, um, you know, acrylics and a regular canvas, we might be using a reclaimed canvas. We might be using um, matte board for when you get beautiful things framed in the middle or taken out. There's now this big sheet of nice, thick stuff to draw and paint on. Um, we might use alternative materials to create our own paints. Um, and we can kind of start dreaming from there. Like we have access to a broad array of things and nothing is really limited to what it's original use was and so um, it all kind of builds up from there. So do you guys have like a, agreements with companies like say Michaels and, and Joanne to get their scraps because I'm sure they have lots. <laughs> Michaels and Joanne's typically have their own donation outlets that they've already chosen, but more interestingly, we are looking at businesses like... Um, well, currently we're working with 3Form. 3Form uh, is a local manufacturing company that creates amazing, gorgeous... What? I, I don't want to use the wrong word, but you and I will know it as plexiglass. Okay. It's um, a PETG panel, as I've learned recently. <laughs> <laughs> Jen's our technical advisor. Um, but their materials are used a lot throughout the country as well as internationally. Uh, if you've walked into you know, some of the newer business centers, you'll see these amazingly gorgeous room dividers that you think are glass, and they have these beautiful materials sandwiched in between. Um, pretty awesome materials, but they have a zero waste program that they're trying to get instigated where if a building is remodeling and they've used their materials, they then come back to the company. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And at that point, it's their responsibility to find ways to get those communities back or get those materials back out into the communities. Can those things be recycled? So they're being reused and repurposed in other ways. So that's one of the avenues that we come in. And so those materials may come through us and then we get them back out into the public in different avenues. So three form is one that we're working with. We're working with Regional Supply who basically supplies the region. I always thought their name was interesting that way. Yeah. <laughs> they supply the region with um, adhesive-backed vinyls and so do a lot of, of signage work. And they have roll-ins as well as leftovers that come to us and we use those in our programming. It's also available for resale. So, you know, so there's a number of different types of manufacturing avenues that we go into or groups that we're working with. Um, currently, I think we have eight manufacturing or business groups that we're currently working with and you know as we grow that will also expand but our goal right now is to enter different waste streams so someone with um, high density foam wood plexiglass you know so a variety 
fabric or textiles. So what kind of projects do you do with these products? Oh, whatever you can bring up. <laughs> and and this, is the, this is the challenge because now we've described all this cool stuff that we have and folks are like, I, I still don't get it. I, I don't see what we're making out of this stuff. I don't see where the next step is. I don't see what the, like how you go from garbage, like literal garbage is what we're talking about. We've just discussed to making beautiful pieces of art. Um, and so that's that's kind of the big step and that's been the hurdle that we've been working through is being able to convey this stuff. Um, so for example, if I received, say, a truckload of high density urethane foam from a local wheelchair cushion manufacturer, right? This foam is the sort of stuff that you could certainly use to make more cushions in your you know couches and chairs and so forth. But it's also the sort of stuff that if I got out my electric knife, I could carve it up and you know, pull out some spray paint and some felt and some hot glue and some fabric and some, you know, other fun tidbits and maybe some raffia or some fake fur. And suddenly I now have a talking foam puppet in my hand um, because the whole thing is manipulable. It's all soft and you can build heads out of it. You can cut faces out of it. You can get the whole thing to move together. Um, so can we create the Muppet Show? You could create the Muppet Show, but the best awesome. part is, the best part is all those other materials that I was talking about adding to it. We also have sources for getting that stuff as scrap material as well, even including spray paint. So the so they are the reuse portion of the triangle, the reduce, reuse, recycle. <laughs> That's an often not ventured into realm. The reuse, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, reci yeah. recycling is great, but recycling is is costly and not always super environmentally friendly, actually. And it's it's it's, it's this is a pet peeve of mine. Cans. So we have soda cans now, and it's really hard to find shit in bottles other than alcohol. And whenever they invented the aluminum can, everyone switched and they stopped washing out bottles and yeah. reusing them and now we have thousands of bottles in landfills and we have cans in landfills with uh, plastic membranes inside that don't actually recycle so I like that you're reusing stuff absolutely and yeah we're finding new places to stick it. You're totally right. The, the, ref, the refillable, refillable glass it. bottles were genius, but then people stopped wanting to ship them because they weigh a lot and they cost a lot. So then the next best choice really is the aluminum because it's infinitely recyclable. Um, and then beyond that, we go to plastic and plastic uh, down cycles every time. Um, it breaks something with the hydrocarbons and you have to add in virgin plastic to recycled plastic. And so you're still on a plastic diet when you're recycling plastic. Yeah, and plastic is... Uh, fueled by fossil fuels, right? The basis of plastic mm -hmm. is, is really oil. And so uh, there's always that. Um, yeah, I, I'm just, a, I'm, I'm a huge fan personally of, of being able to reuse stuff and uh, find new homes for it. So of your projects, what has been, how do I put it, the best or most well-received? I mean, what have people liked the most? If you can even answer that question. But of your projects... I mean, personally, I just made uh, a half dozen ottomans out of textile waste from um, a local clothing manufacturer and upholstery samples. And so each of these was a patchwork of upholstery samples on the outside, and they're stuffed with literally 50 pounds of just little chunky, scrappy bits. Um, they're yeah. amazing. That's they're all gorgeous. that's inside of love sacks, by the way. It's that's actually foam. It's, it's yeah, chunk of, of foam. foam. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So did you make those, and then you sell them in your store? Or did you make them as projects? People took them home? Nope. I made them and we sold them at an art market and every single
single one of them sold. And that's awesome because yeah. it cost you nothing. Yep, nothing to get the material and it took some time to prototype and design it and now we've got people contacting us and saying, hey, so I got one of your Ottomans. What else do you do? And they're kind of starting to, it's, it's helping us reach another audience. Getting more people to see like, oh wait, this is kind of weird and kind of interesting and this is not the direction I thought things were going to go in the world. So you can make Ottomans at the retirement center. Totally. And then take them and sell them. I would assume the old people they're using as slave labor get to keep them. Yeah, kidding. they would get to keep their own. I'm they would get kidding. to keep their own. But they would be so excited that we taught them how to make Ottomans out of garbage that they would hopefully go on and make their own you collection did a of great Ottomans. job. Now, each of you need to make 10 before we leave here. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually need you guys to stay away from Bree's mom. <laughs> if you show her how to do this stuff, we already have a problem with hoarding of crafting materials. So. Yeah, well, you my know mom, this could possibly be used. I'm like, Mom, it's broken and you don't have the space. But, but, no. <laughs> I have to make her clean out. But she's, yeah, she has but that, all that kind of stuff. In that, her. that ingenuity and creativity, that's, that's what we're losing. Um, I think that you know, my generation uh, does not come with this uh, pre-installed and definitely not the kiddos. Um, that's not the way that we see things. It's not the way that things are in our world currently. And you actually have to respect the older generations because they have, <laughs> they have this experience. And they have this experience. They have this idea. They have this memory of being able to reuse stuff, even Yay if the stuff is junk. Oh, Yay. Well, I have an interesting story. You know, I talked to my mom, who's now 82, and she'll always say, you, you kids are so talented. I mean, what you do, what you do for your, you know, your crafts or what you do with your free time, just amazing talents. And I tell her, I said, this is the difference between my generation and yours. You call what we do as talents, but what you did with the very same things that we are doing was your daily life. And, yeah. you know, so a lot of those skills really have skipped a few generations or getting lost and a lot of the projects that we do in the elementary schools are rebuilding some of those skills you know teaching kids how to use a needle you know when you end up with third and fourth graders and you introduce a needle and how to use it how to thread a needle and you have children say well I'm not allowed to use needles <laughs> you know you're saying hey if I teach you correct principles well, they, on how know, to do this they, they poke kinda, their eye and like yeah. poking yourself with that needle. I don't know what kind of needle you're showing them. Like, uh, do they think it's a different kind of needle? It's exactly. Yeah, what kind of needle am I using? Absolutely. I yeah. still darn my socks. Oh, way to go. I darn socks. I darn all sorts of things. I like socks. That, I have socks that I like and I don't, they're wearing out so we darn them. You know, one of my favorite things in my family and some of our neighborhood families is, you know, we went away from matching socks. Right. And it's a matter of, oh, I've got two I can wear them yep. and it's it's just kind of fun to see what well, that's picks the up on what that's the style yeah. that's the all, style all the young absolutely all the young my high school and college age girls well I don't think college socks. age anymore as much my, mine tend to seem to match again you but all their high school circle. years they didn't yeah. and now when they come home their socks match again <laughs> yeah but now now the clothes that they want are the shit that no one wanted to wear in the 80s anyway 
Oh, it's coming back, that's and that's so the saddest thing. <laughs> the high waist. My daughter's pegging oh. the bottom of oh. her pants. I'm yeah. like, you know yeah. that I did that when I was pegging in junior high. And wearing the jeans that come up to basically the bottom of your boobs. <laughs> yeah, mom <laughs> jeans. Lace. Mom jeans. Mom <laughs> jeans. <laughs> so, anyway. we do have, yeah, back on track now. We do have a really fun donation story. Um, it was almost a year ago. We had a woman give us a call and say, you know, her mother had passed away and they were going through her craft room or craft rooms and, you know, had, had I, 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 I'm items. afraid of my oh, yeah. rooms. Well, it gets interesting. Yeah. So I had items that they were interested in donating, wondering if we would be interested. And I said, well, absolutely. He said, well, we'd like to donate her yarn room. And I said, that sounds great. No, she really has a lot of yarn. I said, well, why don't you give me an idea of how much yarn that is? Because, you know, if you're doing this as your business, you have all different yeah, a lot levels is, of a what lot is a lot. Relative. Yeah, it's yeah. very a lot relative. to Walmart is different than a lot to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so she said, well, probably about 30 bags of yarn. I said, well, that sounds good. So can you tell me what kind of bags are we talking about? You know, are we talking about grocery bags? Are we talking about lawn and leaf bags? You know, how big of a bag are we talking about? She says, well, probably kitchen garbage can size. <laughs> and, you know, you think, okay, that's a lot. And we said, absolutely. You didn't and turn down yarn. No way. Yarn can be used for so many things. Everything. It so can be expensive. We was have there? a ball with it. Well, we've got this picture of was our any octopod. Of this, was any of this yarn cat hair yarn? Because that <laughs> was stuff not. is freaking cool. It was not cat hair yarn. No. We I haven't gotten that far, but if you, if you want, you can request classes and we'll figure out how to teach it. If that's Talk what you'd like to attend. Talk about the ultimate reuse. No, remember Kelly had her I know, she use. had her kit. She, needs somebody, yarn. Uh, I don't know, not spun, spun, thank spun. you. Yep. I can remember what I was doing. Her Malamute's fur into yarn. That sounds amazing. Okay, so okay, back so to your donation. Okay. Chris is oh, really yeah. bad so at interrupting. 30 bags. 30 bags. Garbage bags. Full. Filled the octopod with yarn. <laughs> it was awesome. Each of those bags had at least 12 skeins of yarn in wow. it. Probably, probably weighed like lot. 10 pounds. Did you ever find out? Did the did the deceased lady did she use it a lot or did she hoard it? No, she used it. Oh, and she, I mean, that's what she did basically for a hobby, but also for a living. Is she knitted and crocheted? She used to crochet curtains. Oh wow! Whoa! Yeah, so pretty amazing. You got to have a pretty strong curtain rod to handle that. <laughs> Don't ever get it wet. <laughs> no. Well, the problem well, can with yarn pegging that to dry it straight. The problem with yarn is like if you're doing a big project, you have to have the right dye lot for the whole thing and so if you find oh, a whole yeah. bunch you at least my mom I don't crochet or anything but she buys a ton because she's like what if I'm one short and I can't find the right dialogue so then she'll have you know one or two skeins left well she's not going to take it back so she puts it away in case she needs it for another project which you'll never do because you don't need a one skein of well you could or... I mean you could be doing like a striped quilt
socks or something. But she should never make you socks with those left. But she just ends up with like (laughs) one and a half or you know three quarters of of a skein of yarn left that she thinks she's going to use. Pretty soon, when you clean out her place when she passes away, she's got thirty bags in the basement. Well, half a skein of yarn. Thank God she doesn't have a basement. Half a skein of yarn (laughs) is make makes great puppet hair. Ooh. Yarn makes makes awesome pom poms. You had me at puppets because I used to make puppets. I was a puppeteer when I was. Oh, well, then you should come visit the warehouse. No, yarn makes great pom poms. So, in your store, do you do classes in your store? We do. Currently, we're doing adult classes. So, we are arranging at least two classes a month. What kinds of classes? Well, let's see. We just finished a protest banner workshop. Oh, those could come in handy in this day and age. And then we have a bookmaking workshop coming up. Bookmaking. Like, like... Actual, gorgeous handbook. Learn how to bind. It's like blank paper, unless you've written your book and want to bind it. Well, whether it's blank paper, reused paper, so from a variety of different magazines or books, depending on what you want to do with it, whether you're going to write on it, whether you're using it as an art journal. Gotcha. So a variety. Um, We have a needle felting workshop coming up. What's needle felting? Needle felting is the use of a specific special barbed needle. So it's not only pointy and very pointy, uh, but it also has a whole bunch of little quills that stick off on the edges that when you poke into wool and other furry type fibers, perhaps Malamute hair or cat hair, um, it causes them to (laughs) bind together. And so um, it causes wools to interlock with each other because they've got the one direction to them. And then every time it pushes down, it gathers, you know, seven or eight threads, filaments and puts them all meshed together and so it's making literally felt out of stuff it's you know it's the same result that would come if you laundered your wool sweater and you stuck it in the dryer but instead it's controlled right it's controlled and you get to you know draw pictures with different colors and little pieces and build up structures and if you accidentally poke yourself in the finger how bad is it um, oh it's sharp the kind that is hard to do in front of children because you say lots of bad words <laughs> so it's not like a regular like sewing needle prick where you're like oh that kind of hurt but no yeah. big deal a sewing needle is so like an sharp. owl, and a, a felting needle is like a lot of. Words. I mean, a sewing That's needle, a like sometimes, words. like when I was a kid, and even now I've, I've done it, where you just like shove it to the top couple hairs of your skin and just hold it there, like. Yeah, that's oh, that's totally no, that's, fine. That's the fun stuff. That's that's baby but stuff. But if I tried to do that with one of these like mm-hmm. felt sticking needles, it's, you might have to about. go to the ER. I wouldn't send you to the ER, but I would caution anybody with delicate ears to not <laughs> be around you when you test this experiment. Yeah. I mean, we caution people well, with that anyway. When sure. I, I will happily loan you one if we want to make a video of this. I would. I think that would be hilarious. I'm not a narcissist. How not to? How, how not to needle felt? Yeah. yeah. How not to needle felt? I not mean, if, through your fingers. If you need like some safety training videos, I might help with that. That could be really fun. Otherwise, yeah. you can do it the right way, and he can do it the wrong. Way. Yep, yep. That seems like a good choice. No, I don't feel like that is a good choice. <laughs> it would be fun, though. For you. For some of us. <laughs> Absolutely. So we keep, we keep getting through What other classes are you teaching? Okay, let's see. We have, um, if I can say this all in one breath, whiskey barrel ring wall hangings. Ooh, you me there you go. I, so yeah. visualize not, that. Jeremy, they're not ring. drinking whiskey. Oh. Well, I mean, maybe you guys drink whiskey when you do. <laughs> <laughs> it could either improve or totally destroy your artwork. 
<laughs> I mean, I think for me it would improve it because you can't get worse. <laughs> well, then there you go. And, and the best part is you'd feel better about it. Do you guys do wine painting classes? Most people would feel bad for you because you did it while you were drunk. <laughs> uh, we don't have wine painting classes yet. Um, it's a matter of figuring out what the Utah DABC would like us to do to make that happen um, so that we can be properly and compliant with the law. But um, you, you know. offer a painting class and you allow people to bring their own wine in your front. You can do that. You just can't sell the wine. You, yeah, you, you can't sell license. it, and you can't. Just, you call it a special event. Yeah. Y'all just trust her. You don't even useful. need to. We know. She's, let's she's an let's discuss. It. I actually it's just took a test on this. Today. <laughs> I didn't know That's if you true. guys knew That's this. True. I just took a test on this today. Uh, that yes. if you are not selling the liquor, and it's just an every once in a while thing, and you don't have to have oh, a Oh, wait. Let me, let me ask you this. Is that one of the questions you got right or wrong? <laughs> It actually wasn't asked on my test. It was just taught. Okay. It was just taught on the material that I studied with. But yeah, no, I, I, I believe you. Then. Yes. Now, if you get a license and stuff mm -hmm. for it, then you have to get liquor liability insurance. Yeah. So you better let me know about that. And we, we can also put you in touch with a uh, an attorney that deals with all that kind of stuff here locally. Do you guys ever go to people for you know in a special event that they want want you to do with your octopod or is your octopod purely for collecting no we've taken it to a few special events um we've done a few birthday parties oh that would be fun so it's kind of fun to do during the summer um we've driven it down to oh god St. George? Hurricane. 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 Did you stop in Laverkin on the way to Hurricane? I think we passed the sign and I made ridiculous comments. Did you stop for beaver cheese? Well, Jeremy has told us the story about why Hurricane is pronounced. It's called, yeah. I gotta know that. It was it was settled by, well, Mormons, but an English group. Oh. And if you have an English accent, you don't say Hurricane, you say Hurricane. Oh, I just figured it was because it needed to rhyme with Laverkin. You know, you know why? Just because people in Utah are just a little left of center. You know why Laverne is, is Laverne, right? Isn't that Laverne? No, Laverne. and it's not Naval because it's not actually the center of the state, if that's what you're trying. No, but that's why they named it Naval. Yeah, no, yeah. but it's not the actual center of the state. I know. Okay. <laughs> that is why that they named it. too good of a story to have it be otherwise. Yeah, it's kind but of isn't weird. that why we call it Layton? Layton? Just we just don't know lazy. how to pronounce our keys. <laughs> we have mountains no, and mountains. I, I wouldn't know that we have mountains based on the last few days. Like last uh, Sunday, we couldn't even see like 20 feet in front of you. Yeah. I feel like these events would be really good for like corporate team building. I was just thinking that. I would love to do this for corporate team building. I would love you to make a lot of Ottomans at a corporate team building. You could make a lot of a lot of things at corporate <laughs> team building. And the I best thing is they would take it home with them. I want to make it home. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing with corporate team building is they would get excited. I feel like the, the more you do this kind of stuff with, with groups locally, um, the more support you'll get from those groups. It's like, wow, this is an amazing thing that you guys do. How can we get involved and, and donate our, our time or our materials? I've got a mother-in-law with a lot of crafting materials. <laughs> or, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a company with, with money to spend. Do you want to come? Uh, they, they could each make a puppet of themselves that could then go to HR so that any time there was a disagreement, the HR person could look <laughs> up the puppets Bob? of each other and oh my talk God. it out. <laughs> Only you, Jeremy. I would love to work at a company where every time you went to HR, they bust 
Chanel puppets. <laughs> we can make it's this happen. totally that, like, what about Bob? That would be like the best HR rep on the planet. <laughs> okay, hold on. And then like, they like roll behind a second desk that has like a, one of the little, little puppet curtain. stages. So you can't see them and they hold up a puppet. Well, hi, Jimmy. How are you? HR puppets. HR puppets. HR puppets. I've also, I have done programs where you bring in the entire company and they've got a whole bunch of new folks and they're trying to figure out how to work together and then you give them a pile of stuff, like just straight up stuff, and they have objectives. Their object objective is to build the tallest tower, to build the longest bridge, the strongest bridge, and see who can, you know, who can build these things, but most likely it's just going to fall apart and it's pretty fun and pretty silly. Size <laughs> breaking. They're fantastic projects. Do any of them make puppets? Because I feel like the, I feel like you need to have puppets. I feel like you're stuck on puppets. Puppets and Ottomans puppets. are definitely the theme. I of want an, show. I want an Ottoman and he wants a puppet. So. I mean, we can make this happen. We can about, make a puppet Ottoman. Yeah, how about an Ottoman that's actually a puppet, like the entire like. Could you imagine when the girls come home? Can you imagine when the girls come home the next time? This is like a real idea that's forming now. <laughs> I mean, I do have access to a whole lot of foam. We need to reupholster your rocking chair upstairs. So, so that it talks. Yeah. When you rock. You're going to make it a It's like cherry it's got, from it's got yes, a small ottoman with a cushion. I think that would be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think, I think we're heading somewhere. Well, did we just have a Pee Wee's Playhouse reference yep. on the show? Sure did. We did. Cherry. The chair. <laughs> Jeremy and I got you. These, these guys are like, why are we on the show? <laughs> nope. No. Nope. This is, this is our world. Now, now we're talking the right well, kind of stuff. There was that makes me think of we watched the the house with the clock in its wall. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's there's like a chair oh, yeah, dog. Oh yeah, the chair. The like chair dog greets them. Yeah. I like the lion bush thing that poops on it. Poops leaves out. Leaves. Oh yeah, leaves and and refuge refuge. It's yeah. disgusting actually really to think about. Um, so how can people help <laughs> if they they want to donate time or money or materials or or any of or that contact sort of stuff? you to do a class or all of the above. So the first thing that we've got coming up for donating time is MLK Day, which is Monday. Yeah. Um, and we are having folks come join us at our warehouse to sort out um, latest donations and put things away. Our donations, or sorry, our warehouse is, um, geez, what is the actual address? 175 West, 2100 South. Um, you'll never find it from that side. Uh, if you want to come join us to help with this project, shoot us an email. Uh, my email is jen, J-E-N, at cleveroctopus.org. And uh, we'll get you actual directions. The entrance is in the alleyway behind the alleyway. It's really confusing. <laughs> behind Home Depot, because there's a bunch of dudes that stand out in front of it. Uh, it's uh, a block west of Home Depot. By the track station. Those, oh, those yeah. dudes yeah, in front of Home next Depot. Next to the track station. barbecue. Yep. Yep. The dudes in front of the Home Depot are available for work. I'll just throw that out. Wow, oh, so you go do fun board. art projects, and then you go eat pork nachos. Mm -hmm. That seems like a good plan, too. Oh, man. But come volunteer. Come volunteer, and then go over to Pat's, and uh, that could be a really good day. It's you a good should, way to you should work do MLK stuff. First you stop at Sugar House Distillery, then you go volunteer, oh, yeah. and then you go to Pat's. I think you're building up a Clever Octopus tour going on right here. I think the big problem with stopping at the distillery first that is might, they might not be efficient volunteers. I was just thinking of like the It'd time. Be happy volunteers, and that's 
what really matters. <laughs> That's what you want. Just don't give them the wicked needles. Yeah, no, the, those aren't even in that building. They're safe. They'll those, be safe. Those are safe. Those are they only give away. those to responsible people. And watch like children. door located. That means none of us can have a... That means none of us can have a Responsible people and children. Our store is in Murray on State Street. So it's 4973 South State, and it is just south of the Murray Theater and just north of the Murray Post Office. So if you can find those two landmarks, you will find us for sure. And it's so it is on the east side of the road. There. It is on the east side of the road, yep. And there is basically no parking, so you'll park in front of the post office, but not at the post office. No, because they'll tow your ass. Yep, they will not be pleased with you. <laughs> that Actually, parking in the whole area of Murray really sucks. And then you can walk know. across the street to the Asian Bakery. That's down the street, actually, not you, even across the street. You, you can go to T. Rose Diner, which is down the street as well. T. Rose Diner is where we host our monthly staff meetings, or mostly admin meetings. Can I be part of those? Because I love the T. Rose Diner. <laughs> if you, if if you've got ideas, you can come to the meetings. Every time you've tried I, to take me to the T. Rose Diner, it's been closed. I have the worst luck with one uh, of The there. first Thursday of the month at uh, 11.30, 11.30, they seem to be available. <laughs> I have an idea, though. You can make Ottoman puppets. So. Yes, yes, yes. Come to the meeting. Come to the meeting. You need to come. Uh, we just need to come and be a part of, you know, we, like I said, we're looking for part-time artists. Mm-hmm. Chris, you had me a part-time. You failed me on the artist. If you're dreaming puppet land, it counts as artist. Jessica, Jessica and Jeremy are probably the most artistic in this group, and Chris and I are probably the most failed artists yes. in this group. Hey, all of you are welcome to come because make things. he's an architect, and she's a cake decorator. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess if so you, you would count. really win the bridge contest. I might. Oh. <laughs> you're on my team now. It depends. He is not a bridge contest. might win, drops. like, if you're doing What's something that? creative, she's, she's, she's probably going to win at that. A gumdrop bridge? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I might eat it. I was just going to. No, they're really good at a gumdrop bridge. I let them age for a year so they're nice and stiff that, for oh. construction so purposes. So you suck on them. Whether you need glue or whether you need a post. I built bridges for Science Olympiad in high school centuries ago um, with marshmallows and toothpicks that stood up. I'm only good at organizing. I made one with toothpicks when I was in high school. Then you should join them on MLK Day if you're good at organizing. I wouldn't wouldn't admit that you're good at organizing unless you want to get some volunteer hours in. That's probably actually my only real talent is organizing. Uh, I think I know a volunteer time for you. That would be uh, Monday the 21st. What are you doing Monday at 9? 10 to 12, 12 and 1 12. to 3. That would be um, working. So speaking uh, of organizing. Well, we, we do have Tuesday evenings as well. 6 to 8. Tuesday evenings. But we're here. Yeah, I'm here. Ah, uh, yes. Except <laughs> for tonight. Except for tonight. <laughs> yeah. So what, what? We do this every single Tuesday and it, and it posts the very next morning. Terrific. So what events awesome. do you have coming up? Are you not listening? Other than MLK Day. Yeah, yeah they did MLK. Okay. MLK Day, Volunteer Day. We've got um, the bookmaking class starts this Saturday. It's two weeks. Uh, we have all the other classes we've discussed. Um, we have a party that we're putting together. Um, date, time, location, and theme. I'm not ready to announce yet. They're, they're in the early <laughs> But it's going to be amazing. It's going to be end of March, 1st of April, because it's our second birthday. Um, <laughs> you know, based on the direction of the conversation we had on our way over here, uh, there is a distinct possibility of puppets. And if not... You can make a puppet happen during this time, for sure. As, as funky and crazy as what we've got in mind, um, there is a good possibility 
will find a puppet somewhere. Um, this isn't going to be a sit around at the table mm, birthday party. This is not a formal, very, very formal gala situation at all. This is um, at, at a minimum, uh, bring your best costumery. Uh, there will be goofiness and wildness and colorful things and selfie opportunities and it will help us with our fundraising opportunities because we have big dreams. So we love that we have a store. We love that we have a warehouse. We'd rather have one giant building that housed everything. And that, can you talk about that since it's in your growth plan? It is in our growth plan. So uh, Clever Octopus is modeled on uh, several organizations throughout the country and actually that were originally inspired by a place called Reverse Garbage in Australia. And um, most of these spaces are not like our sweet little 1,500, 3,000 square feet spaces, but more like 15,000 to 25,000 square foot spaces. So uh, we're dreaming up big visions of taking our little pilot size shop and moving into effectively an old grocery store size space because um, for those of you who are not like that's a good yeah I'm like that's a good that's a good use I can point mm -hmm. out a whole bunch of uh, spots in the valley <laughs> great old Kmart's and Kmart's and Sears Kmart's yep. and Sears absolutely um, Rite Aid I could keep going there's a bunch of yep. spaces out there yep and so we we've seen some spaces we we're excited about some spaces. What we really need right now are the dollars to pull it off and convince our board that we are ready to make this next step happen. Um, and so we're hoping that this big party will be a good way to get our name out to the rest of the community and get folks excited to come see us. Um, and the idea is that we will have grand opening in this new space yet to be determined, literally yet to be determined. I'm not even hiding anything uh, by October 1st. So we've got some work to do. It's very ambitious. Um, we need to sell a lot of Ottomans. We do need to sell a lot of Ottomans to make that happen, but what we really need is to get more people to come see us because right now we're getting, you know, 100 and 150 new shoppers each month. So we've got lots of repeat folks love, that love us. Um, but we also want to make sure that we get lots of new bodies in the door. We want teachers. We want students. We want people who like to make things. We want people who are scared to make things. We want everybody coming in to get all of their stuff to make stuff from us rather than you know making their first stop somewhere else they don't go to walmart ever we're so much cooler than walmart you guys <laughs> so much cooler um so yeah that's kind of where our big vision is and this beautiful new space would have a large retail space it would have several classrooms it would have artist space it would have space for you to come in and do your own thing teach your own program uh follow your own program it would have a space for you to create your own art studio um it will hopefully house some of our favorite nonprofit friends and it will teach reuse and repair through um, a pilot of a repair cafe kind of based on the Utah Recycling Alliance's fix-it clinics that they've been hosting for the last couple of years. So like darning your socks. Is that the one that's been holding them at the Leonardo? That is, yep. So if you wanted to come darn your socks, for example, that'd be cool. But what would be even cooler is if you showed up with a few more supplies that you could get from us and taught other people in the community how to fix their socks or, um, you know. That's a real life skill, people. You need to learn. Yeah, quit um, throwing your socks away, people. Darn your socks. Darn socks. <laughs> or your scarves. I had to turn my scarf the other day. Or turn your sock into a sock bun because that's something you oh, have I to Oh, I do pay that with his socks. You pay way too much for those at the store. And if you're paying for them, you're doing it wrong. I do you know, that with can make socks. puppets with socks. Yeah. <laughs> Sniffle and Ollie, do you ever see those shows? Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, my sock buns and my daughter's sock buns are all actual socks, like the tops of socks. I'm like, I'm not paying for something that actually exists in the drawer. That <laughs> sounds perfect. That, that means you too are reusing. Exactly. You I prefer black socks though because my hair is dark. That's cool. If you hang out with us enough, you might be skewed towards crazier, brighter colors. Like well, I used to have like red underneath, but I think yeah. the problem is I don't have colorful socks. I'm pretty much black and white. Black sock and oh, okay. So your her only choices are really the black socks or the white yeah, socks. Yeah, because she doesn't wear. I'm not going to cut socks. my socks up. I'm going to fix them. Right. Sure. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so is the best way to get a hold of you guys your email or a website or Facebook? What's what's the best way for people to reach out? You know, all all of the above. Email, it's very easy. Cleveroctopus.org. Um, website, Facebook, Instagram. Obviously, the best choice, come visit us. We pretty much have a wow factor when people walk through the door. Pretty excited to be there. That's what Jeff said. He said I needed to go visit. I said, well, you should take me sometime so I can get paid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always have to have a business trip attached if possible. We'll make it a we'll make it a thing. We'll go to lunch at uh, T Rose and then stop at their store. Yeah, they're perfect. Well, since Just it won't be Monday. open, it'll give you more time at the store. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll go by T Rose. They'll be closed and. <laughs> Slamming when I try to go to that place. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you, ladies, so much for joining us. It's you got one more question. Oh, oh, yeah, we do. I bet, man, I better not forget. Or yeah, that'd be the first that time ever. First. Yeah. yeah, it's not on the thing as well. Technically, <laughs> you forgot, and Jeremy reminded you. So um, that's that's true. I don't want other podcasts to steal our question and us stop doing it. Um, <laughs> so you, you guys both live in Utah by choice, presumably. Um, I mean, Sherry, maybe not, because you kind of moved down here and never left. <laughs> but, uh, I assume you're still here because you want to be. What's what's one thing for, for each of you? What's one thing that you would tell someone visiting the state of Utah they needed to do before they left? So, you know, I love the national parks. But I think one of for me, one of the hidden gems is Bryce Canyon in the winter. A lot of people go there during the summer. You know, you get out of the heat. But, oh, in the winter, it's... You can Magical. actually cross-country ski all around the rim of Bryce Canyon. It's pretty fantastic. Snowshoe down in. And you're less I just tweeted out a picture of Bryce covered in snow. It's straight magical. Magical. If you're cross-country skiing, you don't run quite as big of a risk as falling into one of the actual slots, though, because your skis are... The bridge right over, you'll be safe. Because <laughs> they're longer, right? Cross-country skis are longer skis. Yeah. Well, they're longer they're long than a snowshoe. They're long and skinny. <laughs> you don't have, I'm By just definition, saying, a ski is a long not, thing. You're Nick. not going to have to cut off your leg or your arm is what I'm saying. It's just stuff. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, the path to ski around it is far enough in from the rim that you're not likely to just right. tip right over onto there. Um, I would say that not only are the parks, national parks, pretty rad, but we have some of the coolest state parks that I've seen anywhere in the country. Um, our state parks are the sort of awesomeness that you'd find called a national park in any other state. They just kind of gave up because we had five already and decided they couldn't make the whole state a national park. Um, Goblin Valley is pretty rad. Goblin Valley is awesome. Oh, if you go to Goblin Valley, don't fucking tip things over. No, <laughs> don't tip anything over. Don't push anything off. Don't, don't, don't rearrange the rocks. Don't swing the arches on the arches. You know what? Don't even touch anything. Just keep your hands yeah. to yourself. I mean, federal workers are not working 
working right now, that doesn't give you permission to just go express you yourself. Told me that they're cutting down trees in the in Joshua. The trash is getting trash. You're going to a park to hang out that's named after the fucking tree you just cut down so you can put up a tent. Are you kidding me, people? And then they're driving through off oh, road. Yeah, on the special sand and everything else that's holding everything back together. It's insane. It's a terrible thing. As if California doesn't have enough problems about holding things together right now. Yeah, it's so, crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Utah, you can hit every season in the same season. You know, you in can experience winter and summer all at the same time. I think it's pretty glorious. Yep, my friends were mountain biking in southern Utah earlier this week, and, you know, hopefully it snows and we'll be up skiing fresh powder by the end of the week. Oh, it's, it's going to snow. Oh, it's going to snow. It was raining in St. George today. It yeah. tried to snow this morning, and I got excited, and then it didn't snow all the way. It tried to snow on Saturday. It kind of was spitting at us, and then it didn't. It's supposed to snow tonight and through the weekend, so. Fantastic. I think you're going to get I'm some excited. Time. Well, thanks so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Well, I think that's going to do it. Uh, thanks to the uh, two clever octopi from Clever Octopus. You can say uh, octopuses. Octopuses. I'm, I'm afraid if I say octopuses, I'm going to say octopuses. And I, I think and that's it becomes probably, all James Bond. Yeah. Well, that or, you know, vulgar. And I'm not a vulgar person. What is the group of octopus? The party of octopus? The what? The, the garden. 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 Octopus's the, garden. The, the Beatles song. Garden. The totally did a Beatles reference. In the garden of octopus. I don't know that song. Yeah. I don't know the Beatles. This garden. I'm way too young do know the Beatles. Ringo Starr sings it. Who cares? <laughs> Quit playing with my sign. Here's your sign. Here's your sign. Oh, I did share. I wanted to mention this, and I forgot earlier. I did share uh, on our Facebook page um, today uh, um, a link from... Um, Dry Bar Comedy, Jay's Comedy Special, which is out on Dry Bar now. He posted like a three-minute clip of it, um, so I shared that. It's really good. Uh, if you guys want to go give it a listen, Jay Whitaker is someone who's been on the show before, um, and, and a lot of local comedians have been doing stuff with Dry Bar, so Travis Tate has done some stuff with, with, with Dry Bar Comedy. Um, so go check that stuff out. Uh, it's worth worth looking at. And if you have something you want us to share uh, like that, uh, let us know on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, the Utah Podcast on Facebook, at TNU Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and if you like what you hear, um, please share our stuff. That, that's what helps us the most. We don't ask for money or, or donations. This isn't a job for us. This is a, this is a passion of love um, for now. <laughs> Some days it's, it's a passion of hate. Um, no, it's, it's always something that we enjoy doing or we wouldn't do it. But uh, sharing sharing is definitely what helps us. Sharing most. is caring. Caring, caring by sharing? Is sharing. I don't know. And caring. Um, someone hit the table and then we might make headphones. I'm sorry that I, my hand hit my <laughs> headphone cord. We just, we have, we can't like touch anything. I know. Or like the amps just die. I'm sorry. It's not my fault. It's not your fault. It's the amps It's not fault. your fault. It's Jeremy's fault. He spilled water on him. It's true. So I'm just forever. <laughs> that's going to be your fault until we completely replace both of them. Even when they're replaced, it'll probably still be my fault, but that's oh, yeah. okay. I'll find another reason to blame <laughs> you for it. Um, anyway, that's going to do it for the night. So um, thanks again to our guests and, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully the government shut down in soon, but uh, we'll probably bitch about it some more next week. Uh, and uh, we'll have lots to talk about next week because Sundance will be uh, kicking off and, um, I'm sure there will be things the 24th, right? 
Yeah, that's the Friday after next week's show. Yeah. So we'll we'll start talking about Sundance, but probably not in force, maybe. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow, so... You need to look at your calendar. We got this. 